1: with another main event rundown standings breakdown of the weekend with my man Todd Whitestone from spstreamer.com remember to check out his free article on spstreamer great read every Monday we have a special guest this week and it was Paul Sporer of Fangraphs and Twitter and Twitch fame he brought a uh, great baseball knowledge as always great fantasy mind as well and we kind of talk about his process how he's gotten into fantasy baseball and baseball in general, and just um, how to develop into a better player, things we've learned in the past couple of years, and a couple of the leagues that he's played in the main event last year with uh, a league I that he beat me in, and um, it was a really extremely competitive league, so we talk a little bit about some of the things that transpired in that league as well as some of the things that we're trying to do this league to, this year to close out our leagues and uh, bring home top three finishes if possible. So um, hope you enjoy this listen. It was really an awesome time talking to Paul. Been a long, long time wanting to get him on the pod. So I'm glad we were able to do it today. And so enjoy. righty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. I'm once again here with my man, Mr. Todd Whitestone. Today we have a special gra- guest today, Mr. Paul Sporer from Fangraphs. Paul, let's say hi to you first, then we'll go to Todd. What's up, buddy? Doing well. Thank you guys so much for having me on.
2: Uh, Great being with both of you. I've been listening throughout the season. So nice to be part of it. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. I know you're a busy guy. You got your hand tied in a lot of things, but uh, I'm glad I've been wanting to get you on ever since you uh, crushed me personally in the main event last year (laughs) and uh, get to talk a little bit of that. that. I mentioned
2: it offline. We're going to put it online it's in part due to you i have to thank you you cut logan webb uh that's going to sound crazy to some people it was a strategic move you were going hard for saves so you were slowly trickling off your starters i'm sure you held webb as long as you could knowing that he'd be a good piece for somebody you cut him in the last week i got him for a two-step and that start that he had on sunday was instrumental to me holding on so i appreciate it i appreciate it uh, you're welcome your strategy led you down that road that really
1: helped. (laughs) absolutely absolutely i try to help anyone if i can as long as I'm helping myself at the same time, <laughs> exactly.
2: You first, but if it happens to be ancillary benefits, there you
0: go. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And Todd, what's up, man? I know you're coming off your uh, yeah. daughter's wedding this weekend. You look like yeah. you're on cloud nine. It's so, awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. My, what's my going daughter on, got married. Uh, the most important thing is she's really happy, and they're uh, they're in Greece now, so I don't think Ooh. they've got too many problems. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. I sort of rushed through the article this week, and I. Fab was definitely a secondary consideration this weekend, but I had a great time. So I'm just glad to be getting back to the routine.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Good to see you in one piece and good to see you (laughs) with no black eyes or anything like that. (laughs) I know you said your attempt at, you know, uh, circle dancing didn't come out too well, but that's okay. (laughs)
0: Greek Greek dancing was not my forte. Let me just say that.
1: It's all good. Everyone has their role. I'm sure you found a way to, uh, you know. But did you? As long as you didn't mention, you know, baseball in your uh, speech, right? You, as long uh, as you kept that out. Okay, good. No,
0: I did. I did talk for about fifteen <laughs> minutes about my daughter, but not, didn't mention uh, fantasy baseball. All, all right, right good, then. good. Yeah, good. even good. even
2: twenty minutes. It's about your daughter. It's her day. As long as you didn't go off on like. And then one time I was drafting this team, and my daughter no, came no, in. You no, 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 no. No. saved him from that, so that's good. I wasn't going to do
0: that to her. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's great. Paul, before we dive into a couple of questions that we have for you, there's a couple of things that popped up to my brain as I was looking on Twitter today. And I just wanted to get you guys on the, on the whim opinion on this, but uh, the judge versus Otani debate seems to be brewing hard right now. And um, the things that really, uh, I kind of have a chuckle at is when everyone tries to, you know, knock down one of the guys There's there's no knocking. Yeah. There's there's no knocking down right now. Like, bring each other up show exactly what they are doing great and so differently um but to me i think the the play the non-playoff thing is a little bit overplayed um cuz there's so many other pieces involved in baseball than just one player but what do you guys think what's your guys overall opinion on the race and what you think will ultimately happen between the two
2: i, I will say i'm firm that otani Any year that he has an elite hitting lead pitcher, and I know we can debate on what's elite or or very good or superstar level, whatever it is, but it's a season like this and season like last year. Anytime he does that, he's the MVP for me. And it's pretty firm for me. And again, I don't want to spend any time trying to cut down judge because a, you can't for one, his stats are amazing. And two, I just, I have no interest in doing that. It's all about propping up Otani and what he's doing. And I just haven't heard a compelling case for Judge that doesn't center around the success of the Yankees, which makes it a team award at that point, or just saying he has the higher war as if that's the conversation ender. And war has never been a tool to do that, to just say, This guy's higher. He's inherently the best, the better player. No discussion needed. And so that's why I've pushed back so much on the judge, folks, because I just haven't heard the compelling case. So, again, I don't want to be dissing on him. I I am a big fan. I'm just focused more on how great Otani is. For me, he's the MVP.
0: Yeah, so the the two things I would say is that, um, you know, I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm I'm pretty dispassionate when it comes to these awards. I think, um, you know, you. if Otani does something similar to this year, you should give it to him every year. Yes. I mean, yep. it's just it's, he's just so much better than any other single player. And I'm not sure that's what the, the words are driving in. So this brings up the, uh, the, the fact again that pitchers have the Cy Young Award, Mm -hmm. and I think there should be a Henry Aaron Award for hitters.
2: Thank you. You I'm 100% with you, because right now, when you're talking like um, uh, Hall of Fame debates, size and MVPs are on an equal footing, right. which I'm fine with, but that doesn't seem fair that pitchers can get both of them then yeah, and hitters yeah. can only get one. So it should be MVP up here, Hank Aaron and Cy Young should be equal, but we don't give the prestige to the Hank Aaron Award. I just wish we gave, we gave it that same prestige yeah. as the Cy Young.
0: Yeah. Totally I mean, true. I, it just it just should be and also when people discuss the Cy Young, they much they mention much less how well the team does.
2: Yep because of the word valuable and
0: so yeah. why can't a hitter from a last place divisional team be the best hitter in the in major league baseball i mean it's it's certainly possible but with a pitcher they would much more accept that yes um yeah but but so i just think the words are, are, are flawed the way they are they never define totally agree. what is an mvp and etc but anyway leaving that all aside i agree with paul otani the most valuable player it doesn't matter what happens over the last month, but obviously he's not locked for the award because if Judge goes keeps doing what he's doing and Otani has a little bit of a slump, I think Judge will get it.
2: I agree. I agree. We we are all seem to be picking Otani, but if you're betting on it or you know oh, trying to yeah. trying to win a bet, you should be looking harder at judge because i think the electorate is moving toward judge and the narrative is swinging his way right. that i don't think that Otani's necessarily going to win even though i think he should right yeah right. i
1: agree with you guys both just being able to, to do both i've seen many people say well they should redefine the mvp award first but someone's redefining it right now on the fly you yes know, we're, we're like he himself otani himself is redefining it there's no he broke re- the game yeah which is what we were game.
2: promised <laughs> and now people are mad about it Right? Yes. We were told how great he was going to be, and he's actually living up to the yeah, hype. And now people want to cry foul and say, what, is he going to win the MVP every year? If he plays like this, yes. he is. Yeah. Right? He's, he's
1: yes. the
0: most valuable player. Yeah.
1: He, yeah he's, he's the real prince that was promised, not Jon Snow. Uh, exactly. Show <laughs> <Joey laughs> <Ohtani>. A. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just been fascinating. But, yeah, I, I love want obviously love what judge is doing too. It's a, yeah, he's
3: um, been a God
1: definitely have to get in touch with his yoga coach because, uh, <laughs> I need some important, uh, you know, I need to boost my performance like that too. But, um, yeah, so I just thought that was, uh, interesting to get you guys ideas on. Um, what do you guys think about, um, you know, Paul Goldsmith has a pretty decent shot at triple crown. Hasn't been done so much as we know, um, since Miggy, but even that was the the last time. Before then, yeah. Yeah, it was just so back in a different game, right? A different game. Um, Do you think, um, let's just say Judge hits, I don't know, 65 home runs and Paul Goldschmidt wins the Triple Crown. Do you think any of them has a more impressive, you know, feet upon each other? Mm. Um, What do you think? Uh,
2: Yeah, what do you think on that one, Todd? Um,
0: I would say that Triple Crown is harder than, even though that's a massive
1: amount of home runs, because well, it's like Todd froze a little bit there. Uh-oh.
2: I I agree with him, by the way, because of you know the difficulty of of acing three categories is a big deal. 60-something homers is incredible. It really is. I, I'm not in on this sort of stuff, though, of like rewriting history, Rob, where people are saying I
0: just think well, the batting average is oh, right. there, he is.
1: <laughs> he's just like okay, hey. okay. Go ahead, Todd. You cut ahead, Todd. Yeah, you froze and you came right back in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We didn't get to hear anything you said, really. I was just
0: saying that uh, getting the batting average along with the the home runs and RBIs kind of go together, but the batting average is just, if you look at home run hitters, they don't always have that feature. Mm -hmm. And the fact that uh, Goldschmidt could be the best average hitter in the league is just amazing. So I would say that's a harder feat than just even a massive amount of home runs.
2: I concur there. And uh, I will say again, uh, the point I was making like, people that want to rewrite history and say if Judge hits 62, he's the real home run champion, those people sound so stupid. Oh my God. I got to be honest. If you're saying stuff like that, (laughs) stop. Please. I totally and the agree. The fact that MLB Network is even entertaining it, they're tweeting out on like MLB now, now's account. And I love that show. I like Brian Kenny's show. Yeah. But even entertaining that garbage is so silly. I mean, you can't just
0: pick and choose what counts and what doesn't. That's so weird.
1: I know. Why can't Absolutely. you
0: just be, be impressed with the fact that he's gonna hit over 60 home runs? Is that exactly it's, just let that be great on its own? Yeah, it's, it's amazing.
1: It's a great call, right. Todd. What do you guys um, think about, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, I saw a lot of rumblings and disputes about if average should still be the thing that's used in a triple crown. Um, I still think, you know, even though obviously we're fantasy players and we know how much comes with, you know, batting average, like batting average Mm -hmm. balls in play and such like that. But do you guys still think that holds an impressive, you know, does it does it hold water like they say in My Cousin Vinny? I would say it does for
2: a point that Todd made, like how um, average runs and excuse me, RBIs and homers go together. If you made it OBP, that also kind of goes together with power hitters. And then you're really just favoring power hitters at that point. The average, while we understand the flaws of average – and by the way, for anybody that's ever heard like average sucks, it doesn't matter – This was a big argument back in the early analytics. It's not that it sucks. It's that using it as a single value judgment is super flawed. So you can't just say this guy's hitting 250. He sucks. Because if his OBP is 370, he does not suck. So that's why people don't like average. But as a triple crown, which is supposed to be a fun, unique thing, I like that it covers different categories. If anything, you could say like average homers and steals would almost be like the ultimate truth. Now you're showing all five tools. But I'm okay with keeping average up there. It doesn't have to be OBP for me. Okay.
0: Also, I, I, would, I would add on to what Paul's saying is that, you know, these awards are also designed to bring attention to Major League Baseball. Yes. And the average fan knows batting average. All day. Yep. You start talking about war and things like that. And the average baseball fan. I mean, they're like, what are you talking about? So, I mean, I just I believe that you have to keep that in the forefront and say, hey, look, this guy's hitting 330. Isn't that fantastic?
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. I yep. agree. I, I, I think point. for an overall award thing that's supposed to capture national attention, no need to complicate it. And yep. I love WAR. I love advanced stats, but you just can't go too far with it for an average or for a common denominator fan base, yep. which is what you're going for with awards.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Uh, last question I wanted to ask you guys. So we had Juan Soto just got traded um, because you know uh, one of the things with the Nationals wanted to clear the books for the new prospective owner. We have Mm -hmm. the same possible thing with Shohei Otani. Just wanted to get your guys' opinion on if you were a prospective buyer, what would you rather have the clean slate or the superstar already there to kind of build around? I I would want Trout and Otani there, to be honest. Yeah. Um,
2: (laughs) You know, Trout's already locked. Give me Otani. If I'm a billionaire coming in as an owner, anyway, I've got money. I'll figure it out. I want to be able to have an opportunity to commit to him for the money that he wants and go with those two and start. So I absolutely want Otani there. I understand why you might not want the $450 million uh, ticket looming with Soto, but they also don't have one of the other best players in the universe there with Trout. So it's a different True. scenario. So give me give me Trout and Ohtani ready to go, and I'll figure out an extension for Otani.
1: If you were so- going to buy the Nationals, would 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 you have used that as a detriment if you had one guy locking up 400 to $500 million? Would I would have, have tried you? to.
2: I would have tried to finagle it as uh, in a negotiation. I'd been like, "Listen, I got this four fifty price tag coming up that I have to pay. That has to factor into the price somewhat, even right. though in my heart of hearts, I'd have been like, that's fine. I want yeah. the best players in the history of the world.' <laughs> yep. Yep. But if they're gonna like, if they're gonna let me use that as leverage, I would have tried to use that right. in that negotiation. Yeah. Got it. Yep. I mean, so-
0: Soto is just so young, Rob. Mm-hmm. That he's almost like a different category. Exactly. Because it's not like it, normally these guys come up for this kind of situation when they're 27 mm-hmm. um, you know he's not nearly 27 he'll so. be
2: 25 when when the contract is out
0: I know so it's just amazing to get a guy like that so young so I just believe that that's a different situation than even the trout and otani.
1: fully agree absolutely. Cool. All right. I like a uh, nice quick hit on those topics. Thank you guys for your thoughts on that. Uh, Paul, let's take a journey through your baseball life. You know, how did you fall in love with baseball? How did it become your life? Did you play it? Um, what made you so into it?
2: Diehard sports fan from day one. My, my Both my parents are big time sports fans. It was part of my life and I openly accepted it played sports growing up all the way through freshman year of high school I'm very taller now, but I didn't hit the growth spurt till late. So a little bit of a smaller guy. Uh, I always say I, I was Jeff Mathis in high school um, and a lot of high school teams don't need a defense only catcher. The, the running game doesn't really need to be stopped. They didn't need my framing. They didn't need my game calling. Your boy couldn't hit. So I realized where my uh, where my skills were. I, I'll i stand by the, the Jeff Mathis part. I was a pretty good defender behind the dish, but definitely couldn't swing it. So I veered off into the speech drama debate world where, you know, talking uh, kind of uh, was my wheelhouse, but have loved sports forever. Um, you know, as the starts started becoming a thing I was like oh there's all these people writing about sports and I was always dabbling in it as a hobby and then kind of got a few different ways in uh I used to write this big giant sp guide uh, starting pitcher guide every year covering the entire league, top to bottom you know 100,000 words type of deal by myself for several years then added Doug Thorburn we got some traction with that Matthew Barry used to retweet it over at ESPN um, mm-hmm. Bill Simmons I actually talked about it randomly on a pod unfortunately the person he was talking to on that pod turned out to be a demon of a human being so I don't cool. even like to promote that clip it was mm-hmm. Jonah Carey mm-hmm. um so that kind of sours that moment but it would be uh, <laughs> false to say that you know him at least mentioning it and matthew Barry promoting it that absolutely helped and as anybody's ever told you when they get somewhere that they need luck it's true and i wouldn't be here without luck because a ton of people can do what i can do but i happen to catch a few breaks along the way was able to turn it into a full-time role that when i got offered the full-time role at fangraphs i was uh, writing at rotowire too same week both sites offered me full-time it's so hard to find a full-time yeah. job and i got two offered to me in the wow. same week craziest thing ever and thankfully and I would expect nothing less because they're amazing but Jeff Erickson and Derek Van Riper was over there at the time and they were like hey man it's no like no problem if you say no like this is not a pick one side and then go away if you don't pick our side so they made it a lot easier too because i had no real way to decide i just ended up picking the one who asked first which was you know and fan graphs they asked like a day before so that was how i made the decision and uh, i've been writing about baseball and podcasting about it now for, i think full-time for about seven years but i've been in the quote-unquote industry for like 15 years i think at yeah this point. yeah
1: that's awesome. God bless. I mean, what a, it's like a fairy tale story. You know, there's it, so many people. Super lucky are, and super yeah, fun. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, some things have to go your way. No. Um, doubt. You know, as, as, as being a carpenter in the city, um, a lot of, you know, things was like who you know, right? But it's mm-hmm. also like who knows you, you know? And yes. I, I always try to tell people that um, maybe didn't work with a contractor they like or with someone that they didn't like. And, They will put on a bad day or a bad show, but you never know because if if your employee is out of work in a year or two and that one person that you could go back to and say, hey, do you have any work or do you have anything, you know, you were a big bag of shit while you worked with them. So it's always important to put on your best day. Whoever you're working for, whoever you're writing for, whoever you're doing a podcast for, because you never know. Like down the road, you absolutely never know. Yeah, yeah, uh, you can't, you can't, you know, burn those bridges. You have to just put your best day forward every single time, even if you're not thrilled about it. Because, you know, people, people remember things. You know, people hold on to like maybe a bad time that you just lost it or just didn't have it, and you just, I don't know, I don't know about that guy. I got a bad feeling. Yeah, think about it. Like no
2: matter. what anybody says about you, like if if you have a bad feeling about somebody, you can have your friends be like, nah, he's a good dude. You're like, I respect that you like him, but I can't stand that dude for yep. reasons X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. And I'm certain that I probably have a few of those that mm-hmm. I've had because uh, I've had issues where I've been like, you know argue with somebody a little too heavy and it's like they, they didn't mess with that so now they that guy thinks I'm a total chud all the, all the way through and I got friends <laughs> saying no he's cool he's cool but I understand why that one person because their first impression with me was he's a, he's a jerk so they talk you know there's all the cliches about first impression and all that it's so true it's right. so true so uh, that's a great tip there to just always be trying to put your best foot forward whatever it is you're doing and you said, carpentry fantasy baseball your day job whatever it is you put your best foot forward even on those days when it's tough to do it and it it will reward you more often than not in life
1: yeah and it's tough too on the internet because like there's so much more you learn and feel with being around the person just like Mm -hmm. their their aura like i'm such a big believer in that because when you're around the person even even if it's for a minute you know like i was like i feel this either Either side, either if it's yeah, good or bad, positive or feel, negative. Yes, yes. You feel that instantly. And that's uh, that's why Twitter is uh, like a shit show sometimes because <laughs> really people is. don't know people, you know, like you're just well, throwing out these umbrella like statements yeah, right. on people yeah. that you and don't that's really thing, know.
2: That, that is the place where I will get in arguments. I'm sure a lot of people think because my Twitter persona <laughs> that I'm a total D-bag. And listen, I'm somewhat of a D-bag, but I don't think I'm a total D-bag. I like to argue. <laughs> and I have fun with it, but I understand that I, sometimes I argue harder with what I think is just like friendly going back and forth Then other people are like, no, he was serious. He, you know, he's calling names, this and that. So you always got to be mindful of not everything that you put out is going to be interpreted the way you wanted it to. Right, right, right. Especially if you're going to be a little spicy and you want to come with the spicy takes. Well, understand that some people are going to take those the very wrong way, and it could hurt you. So, don't always go for the spice just for spice. And I don't do that, by the way. I don't just say a hot take to make a hot take. I say what I believe in, but sometimes it comes
0: a little spicy. Okay? You know, Paul, what you're really good at, I have to say, is when you when you're on the podcast, like Sleeper in the Bus is the one I listen to. um You know, you're very good at explaining your opinion and then letting other people make a decision. I mean, you, you'll thank you. You'll you'll say this is where I'm coming from. This is what I believe about this play.
2: Todd muted himself.
0: Sorry. No problem. Uh, so, so anyway, I think, I think that's just a uh, something you, I don't know whether you've become good at that over the years or you're just um, naturally good at it, but it's easy for me to understand why you like a player and I don't always have to agree, but at least I know where you're coming from.
2: I appreciate that. And that's exactly what I aim for is at least people understand where I'm coming from can totally disagree. There's never a problem with that, but at least my point is made. And that's what I try to understand with other people. What is your, what is your foundation here? I might disagree, but at least I understand the foundation That goes back to the judge thing too. When I've been having these debates, I'm like, I don't understand why (laughs) you're backing him, but I don't need to bring that up. But thank you, Todd. I appreciate the compliment.
3: So
2: Paul, when did you actually start
1: playing in like fantasy leagues?
2: (sighs) goes back to my dad again. He started a league at their work back in 87. I was only six then. Or no, no, it was in 88. It was 88. Uh, but I got in in 93, so when I was 12. Um, I I got to participate and like be within the drafts and see everything and, and really absorb it. And then a few years later, I got to have my own team. I still remember the first year I got the draft on my own. I'm sitting there with my list. I'm ready to draft. And I drafted Mike McFarlane in like the fifth round and the icy stare that my dad gave me, the head snap over. And I thought I made a keen pick he hated it he's like why did you take him so early and i'm like i gotta get my catcher mike mcfarland hit 20 homers that year i won that one dad i was (laughs) right but uh yeah i've been a fantasy nerd forever man like i said i was 12 i'm i'm 40 now so it's been a long time of playing fantasy games
1: yeah that's awesome that's a good to have those deep roots in it like i'm the same way my my dad would buy me and my three other brothers uh stratomatic cards you know like every three or four years and we would you know big time geeks early early in life about it because you know we'd have the, the, the money to get it every year so when we came up to like certain years where we were using like 1986 cards to make um 1994 people so like we don't have uh you know, David Justice is not in the game. Who are we going to use? So we would go back into the old packs. Ooh, he's got a kind of good profile. He's, a lefty. <laughs> you know, like he, he's batting like, and that's, and that's what we did. And I feel like, that's such, awesome. a, you know, like at such an early age, I was getting that kind of player evaluation thing, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. even though at, you know, at 14, I wasn't really looking at it. So fa- it's so fascinating because I picked up the packs recently and I was looking at it and it has, on base percentage, and I'm like, man, I never looked at OBP. I just looked at home run We never like, I just to it. Yep. Yeah. Who had Mostly a clear home run average? Yeah. I played strat too, by the way. And I not right. it. We played strat yeah. football and baseball. Oh, I played the football too. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We were just baseball, but yeah, it was just you know, oh, man. Just looking back at all the cards, like I love playing with the like the old Cardinals, just being able to steal with the whole top of the lineup: Coleman, Her, mm-hmm. and Willie McGee. Everyone you was a couldn't double. get caught with Coleman. You like no. It would take such Triple a crazy a. dice roll for you to get caught with him. Yeah. One to 19 on a steal, you know, from first to second.
3: That's
1: When you would get that 20, it would be like, oh, it would be the worst, you know, worst feeling when you get caught stealing on a second because you happen to roll a 20. Or Well, back in the day, it was the flip cards, you know, when it yes. got it. To a point, and they made a twenty-sided dice that was uh that was pretty cool. But that was my earliest um you know like dive into like statistics and and learning how to play with numbers. And it's a, it's great when it starts with the family, you know, because it's yes. just it my mom was a big player too. Like both, awesome. like I said, both
2: my parents diehards. My mom won three titles in that league, and she won her first before my dad, and that stuck in his craw oh, forever. Wow. They eventually ended up tied, but oh my god! Uh, and then before I got my own team, I I rooted for my mom more, so we would that over my dad we just be like, yo, dad you're gonna try to get a championship anytime and then uh and then I got my first but it was tied with my best friend and my, my dad would be like hey Paul are you ever gonna get a solo championship or anything so we would just go at each other like crazy in the family that's, that's great.
1: great that's awesome What's um what is your preferred like format right now for fantasy baseball? Is it the head to head? Is it uh I'm obsessed category? with an FBC, man? Yeah. I, I've
2: yeah. really, really gotten into that world. Um, you know, Dusty Wagner is the one who brought me in and he even told me he said it's a five-year learning curve. And I said, Okay, sure, guy. I'll you know, <laughs> do you know who I am? Like arrogant total douche yeah yeah, yeah. guess what <laughs> guess guess what year was last year it was the fifth year and it i was won your it fifth year so, you won your first uh, he was yet. a thousand percent right so dusty per usual being right but he brought me into that world i love it uh, i've always been a big roto guy i used to be anti head-to-head and I think it was a fantasy football thing because even though I play fantasy football I've always been defensive about baseball versus football I think some of us get that way even if we like football which I I really do like football and I like fantasy football but I get defensive about it because you know I think we're playing chess to their checkers and I you know I don't want to be too stupid but I used to push back against head-to-head because of that but I really like head-to-head now and it has its merits and I think it has it's very valuable I think all formats matter I used to be league Shamer douche. Like if you don't play in a 15-team NL central only, only guys that have one vowel in their last name, then you're not really playing fan. I used to be that douche, like that lame. And then don't ever who cares? If you can only find three other folks that want to play and you're playing a four-team league, who cares? That's fine. It still presents its own challenges, right? Sure. A league's depth does not make it easy. I struggle more in the 12 teams on uh, NFBC than I do the 15 teams right. because I keep players too long Absolutely. and I overbid because I still five years in don't understand the 12 team bidding. Cause it's insane. week oh, to yeah, it right. So every league presents its own challenges. Every depth presents its own challenges, but for me, 15 team Roto, that's where it's at for me. That's my wheelhouse. That's going to be the large, largest share of my league shares every year.
0: Now, yeah. Paul, what, uh, what year was it when you came to New York with Dusty? You guys did a league together. I was the admin during that draft, and you guys were drafting. I think it was a main event together. Yes, we were. 2019, I'm trying I to think. I think that would be 18. 18? I think
2: that would be 18, my second year, because okay. I did online. And then, yeah, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. And then 20, yeah, 21 was when I won and 22 is my sixth year. So that would have been 18. yeah yeah. Uh, We did that in New York. That was a lot of fun. And then I got to go to Vegas for the first time this year, which was amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I'm definitely going back to Vegas this year.
2: That's awesome. I can't wait. I'm already excited. Like, we haven't even finished this season. I already can't wait for next (laughs) (laughs) know It was just such a good time, man. And when you're talking with like-minded folks, like when Rob starts talking about Strat, I'm like, let's talk for a five hours about yeah <laughs> it's just so great getting in a room with people that just love it as deeply as I you
1: know do. yeah because then it just makes like everything so easy even if you're you know like maybe not easy around people or just don't like large crowds once you get into like something where it's just all what you love it's just you don't even know you don't even you just can't you can't stop talking about it, it. right yep. Right. yeah and i agree with you like with the format thing and like the depth of leagues. I'm. Last year was my first year playing in the OC, and I was horrible at being cutthroat. You know, I was like, "Oh, well, you know, ain't happy." He's on my fifteen teamer, and he's still solid, but he's he's stunk in twelves. And I just held on to him for way too long. And I think it was when I talked to John Podmer, you know, on my podcast, and he was like, "You got to get rid of these guys," you know, like. Yep. <laughs> that's, where, was I, like, that's you, where i
2: go to dusty for too. to right. give me the the reality check he's like you need to cut him 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 you should have cut those guys up and i'm like you're right you're right you're right yeah and yeah. i i've tried to get better about that in 12s so that is my next hurdle is to win a 12 and just be better with both the bidding i got better with the bidding this year but i still held on to some guys a week two three weeks too long thinking yep. that they would get out of it in, and i let other guys go by the wayside
0: you know the what bidding is were- really wacky it is crazy. Really? You know what's really helpful. I find, and you guys might not find this, but most of us, when we partner, it's on something like the main event of fifteen team league because that's more expensive and that's. Yeah. A, but but the, the the weird thing is, it's actually more helpful to partner on a twelve team league. I could totally see that because uh, I'm I'm lucky enough to partner with James Anderson from Rot- Rotowire. That's and, a good partner. And he yeah, he's a good partner generally, but. In talking through this stuff, Paul, it's easier for us to see, OK, this guy, we got to cut him, even though he's he's he has some value. But in a 12, it's not that. And the two of us together are better at that than one guy by themselves.
2: You have that, that second check to say yeah. when yeah. we when we're Rob and I in our heads are saying, no, he's still good enough to hold. There'd be that second voice to come in and say, are yeah. we sure? That would,
3: there.
0: that would be me, too, as a, as a single individual. I mm-hmm. have trouble with that, too. But, but if you have a partner even though you say i don't need a partner because it's only you know the lower amount of money it's not really the only consideration
2: it, it it's offloading some of the the mental Expenditure that comes with it, and that's obviously I I say it's almost more valuable than the the financial part of it, especially if you have a good partner and you talk through those things. So maybe a twelve team partner next year is the goal. Speaking of Dusty, he got Jeff Zimmerman to help with his Fab and twelve teams, and look at where they're going. They're 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 going to the top there with those two.
1: That's honestly too. When I do have like a question that I want to see, I just DM Jeff and like, who's this guy? The cut, cut. Okay, it's good to because he's great. He knows, yeah, and exactly. I've been I've been a lot better this year. I got two teams in the top 40 right now overall. There you go. Um Let's in the twelve, nice And job. and in my third league, I was actually twelfth with thirty-seven points on May 10th. And now I'm third with 75. That's incredible. So I'm really that trying to run. Yeah, there's it's been a huge run, huge run. And um yeah, I mean, I I think that with the 12s, it's really understanding the draft. And this mm-hmm. year, I wanted to really it's funny. I had this strategy of I wanted to draft a lot of starting pitchers and stream starting pitchers off my bench and stream batters. Um on my two better teams, what happened was my pitching's been awesome. I haven't I've been barely like occasionally grabbing a two-starter that's like just a you know a slight improvement over mine. And it's odd though because my batters I've I've struggled to find better streamers. I almost like I just kind of nailed the back end of like especially outfield where, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like guys who like, for example, Santander in a 12 was in my oh. eyes, like, let's see if he gets off who the guy who I think he is. He's my most owned player in NFPC. So I love him, but it was almost like, you know, I picked two two, two eighty. It's it It was him and Nimmo where it's like, let's see how they get off to a start and then I'll stream them if I have to. And both of them mm-hmm. have been, not, you know, cause Nemo was like, once he gets hurt, you know, I know it's a Meth fan. You'll move on from him. Yeah, I'll move on, but I haven't moved on from them. It's so, it's so funny because, uh, I mean, I'm not going to complain about that depth, but the, but the, uh, approach to just cutting those guys, you know, at the beginning of the season never worked out, but the pitching side of it, I think that's where, in my eyes in twelves is get good backstops. Cause it's huge. I think the, the value of like a JTR and a Sal P in twelves. I think people have, uh, kind of um a little bit of a brain fart when they think that with less teams they become less valuable i but agree with this the point. replacement level for the catchers and 12s actually is goes up and those guys become way more valuable and so where i have jtr and Contreras, or so jtr and Sal P on both of my teams it's huge not having to worry about fabbing 12 team catchers and just like mm-hmm. i said the depth of pitching i think has helped me greatly where i could just focus on my hitting and and just it's, you know work it's good at that. that you
2: didn't let you know the, the santander and Nimo plans that you had you didn't let your idle hands like make you make some moves yes like, well, I, I said i was going to stream hitting so i'm going to cut these dudes you right. stuck with them santander's having a huge breakout nimo has been amazing when he's been playing um, and that's uh, that nailing it i love your point about catcher and to that end you know, he's going to be expensive next year, but I'm going to have Adley in 12 teams. I think he's the real deal. And he's somebody that when you do have two guys that you don't have to worry about catcher, I think is played so poorly by so many players. When they punt catcher, they don't know how much negative they're doing to themselves. Even if they punt one of the catchers, I don't think you should purposely punt any position necessarily but especially those catchers those bad c2s can actively bring you down they
1: don't oh yeah they're not just neutral and i think a lot of times they're treated as neutral but they're actually negative right there's times in my dcs where um like there's a like, two teams where like i'm really neck and neck and average and i know average takes a lot to swing right now mm-hmm. but but there was a stretch where i had like injured catches in over like a maldonado or, you know, because I'm like, no, nah, not doing that. <laughs> you know, I'm not bringing my average yep. down with this guy because no that shot. could, Yeah, that, that's what could happen so easily. Um, You know, it's a, uh, I love, I don't know, it just makes me feel comfortable with good catchers. I've always felt that way. Like you said with your Mike McFarlane pick, I was always, <laughs> I was always an early, like I remember my early days of, you know, Mike Piazza, uh, always wanted to get him. And, you know, then the Matt Wieters, uh, I was always, drawn For towards to you know yeah yeah but i was. that's why it was drawn, hard to ignore yeah, rushman this year I, I was like right oh god he's pu- they're pulling me back right here. but he's been yeah great. yeah and and you know what there's this next year is going to be great to see the catchers um and how they lay out because just with the young catchers in flux like melendez um melendez and rushman, Stevens and William her, yeah. so, right right Contreras- so, so Reiner, many, excuse me and um it's it's almost like a lot more people now will have a better opportunity to get better you know, C 2s and C one. So it'll be interesting to see if they get pushed up a little more. I did that little draft, a little seven round draft, and uh, seemed to be like a a lot of people were thinking on that level because you know I think there was eleven catchers taken in the first seven rounds. Uh, so wow, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yep. Tyler Stevenson even went in the end of the seventh round. I, I love Stevenson. It's pretty interesting, especially if he gets to play first next year. If Votto doesn't come back. You know, mm-hmm. he's just gonna have that. Eligibility there, um, and catcher, and that would be huge. Um, but yeah, good stuff. So last year we, like you mentioned, we played in the main event versus each other. Um, you, I think you ended up winning by a point and a half or two points. Um, that that league was tough. We had six players really with tough. almost a hundred plus points. The sixth person had ninety nine, which is funny because I'm second in one of my leagues now with ninety nine points. But <laughs> what do you remember about closing that league out? Because closing a league out is extremely tough. Sometimes you might overanalyze or overdo things, um, you know, was it nerve wracking? Were you adding anything to your routine? Impossibly nerve wracking. Yeah. Like, did you add anything different? Like, that's what I'm always wondering when I try to nail down these leagues. Like, should I be adding, like, you know, obviously you don't want to leave any leave on turn, but did you do, mm-hmm. what did you do? So it was, it
2: was extremely nerve wracking. And it came down to that very last day there, Bob Mazur, Mazier. Uh, chasing me all the way, Brent Grooms and yourself, uh, Brian Edwards, right there as well. All over 100. That's five teams, like you said. The sixth at 99, James Gobble A uh, Gable, excuse me. Uh, actually, I think that might even be a mispronunciation. But James Gable. Gable. <laughs> Gable, excellent player. You yep. sitting there at 99 and sixth in our league. Um, so yeah, what it was. I also in September I got a little complacent. Uh, I'm not. Not in terms of like not doing the lineup or not doing fab, it's what I was doing in there. And I had a little objects in the rearview mirror closer than they appear in a few categories and I'm gonna name check them again because he's my, he's my hero, uh, Dusty Wagner did his did a check i said hey you know I'm, I'm bringing this home here i'm so nervous like what's up he's like you need to watch out in steals and strikeouts here you could get caught you could lose these two points and you could be in trouble that's where mm-hmm. your, your logan webb came in and i had to go i can't remember exactly who but um as far as pickups but i know that Randy Rosa Reina desperately wanting 20 steals last year was a godsend for me because he was <laughs> trying very hard at the end there right. to get the 2020 yep. and those extra steals that he got they were just so instrumental. I won by two yeah. points and it was just terrifying all the way down to the, end. I was at a, uh, concert festival called ACL. It's Austin city limits here in, in Austin and it's festival in the park all day. And I'm sitting on my phone all day, Sunday, scrolling, scrolling. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling my girl, I'm like, babe, I'm sorry. Like she knows, she knows the deal dating a uh, uh, fantasy dweeb. And I'm just like, listen, I'm, I'm into these shows, but I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. And, uh, until the last minute, I still remember the stage we were on, the song that was playing, and I saw I saw that Logan Webb, and I was like, I think I secured it. <laughs> it was a sweat of all sweat. It was the most intense month of fantasy baseball I've ever played.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and great. a great thing that you said about the wife or anyone that you're dating at the time. Um, once once they once they see what you could win,
0: exactly.
1: I, I mean, I remember dating my wife. You know, when we first started to date, it was just my first home league. Um, just like she like you, you win $2,400. Just, just, yeah. She goes, Oh huh, yeah. What are you going to do with it? I'm like, I don't know. You want to go on vacation? Sure. Yeah. Spend, you know, and and then, you and then after about? that was like, you do this well, you, you keep doing it. You know, <laughs> exactly. It's, just, it's fine. It's fine. It's, you, it's you good. You show the
2: payoff. And, and then it becomes well, a little less of an issue, especially if you yeah. just balance, right? It's all about like, communication and balance. As long as they know it. what's up. Don't she hide it. Sundays. That are tough for me, but every other day I'm gonna try to make time, you know, make time for you. But Sunday, right. Sunday nights, it's a little bit tougher. Yeah, and right. she's awesome about it. I don't get any any of the like I hate fantasy sports type uh, memes from from my girlfriend, and I
1: appreciate. No, it that. means a lot because to have that support, just to know, because in the back of your head, and like, am I wasting life here? If she if she mad at yes. me, you can't have that in your mind. Does she, she resent me? Yes, you know, every time yes. I'm doing this. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And it's so funny you mentioned like music festival because. I always happen to be at a festival during the end of the season, too. They always put them out at the end of the season here in Jersey. And I'm always there when, like, of course, it's a Sunday night and there's so many things to do. But like you said, it's so funny you said this, but you remember, um, I think three years ago, um, I won two leagues on that last day. And I remember exactly what song came on. I remember Dave Matthews being on stage. <laughs> I remember what songs it was. Just like you said, that's because awesome. You won't. You won't that's something that stays with you because it's burned. It's burned. Not, in. Yeah. yeah Cause burned. I love live music. So it's not only like that Same. feeling that I'm getting, but it's like, Oh yes. Like the six months of putting in hard work is plus this, like two of my, two of my best things. things. Yeah, Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm
2: at a concert festival outside, having a good time, and winning a fantasy league. Perfect! <laughs> it's a it's a it's a symmetry that or a, a synergy that I just I can't. Life get goes downhill, maybe it downhill, downhill
1: after that. Like life absolutely. Is, like <laughs> yeah, next couple of weeks it doesn't get best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Because that you know that's that usually toward the end of the baseball season, so no more regular season. We do get playoffs, but there is something about the end of the regular season closing that's always melancholy even if you're celebrating some league wins because right. it's the everyday grind of baseball that i yep. love too that's yeah. what's so great about this sport
1: absolutely um so you're in fifth place in your main right now you're striking distance of of cashing so what's mm-hmm. your um what's your outlook on getting into that you know top three um what do you got to do to we, make that happen
2: we did this on the wrong day i bounce as high as second uh, i'm li- <laughs> living between the second and fifth range right now so there's oh, a great. lot of volatile categories and i got to be honest the aforementioned Jeff Zimmerman, uh, Franey Maine, that's that's him and Tanner Bell. Right. Uh, so this is such a difficult league, by the way. And so I know that nothing is going to be settled until the final day. Even first, maybe. I, like, you can't get Scott Jensen to pretend he has a 10-point league because he'll okay. be like, nope, it's as close as can be. I don't right. want to talk about it, which is the right way to approach it, of course. So um, I'm attacking strikeouts. I'm attacking wins. Those are the things I need the absolute most. I've got an RBI point and a run point that are kind of hanging in the balance. And I hope to end with when the music stops, I need to be on top there. And the aforementioned Bubba Thompson has been a huge part of a steel surge. And I now have a hundred uh, and I'm behind a 102 and a 103. If I could get those two points, that'd be amazing. The bottom line is there's points out there for me to surge all the way high as first. Now that's that's a dream scenario. There are literally enough points for that. But what I would love to do is just finish second because I know it's not, it's not a loser mentality or anything. It's a realistic mentality. Gaining all of those points in the last month is going to be difficult. And I only right. went for the ones that are like striking distance. I, you know, I am uh, 20 runs behind the next guy. I'm not catching it. I'm not doing 20 right. more runs than him the rest of the year. That's not a realistic point. Right. But there are enough realistic points out there to finish second and maybe even chase down Scott I'm just hoping to be up at the top when the music stops. So that means, <laughs> that means strikeouts, 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 and as many wins as I can get because there's so many points to be had in wins categories. Yeah, yeah I see it's, that. It's not funny. just
0: the top five, Paul. I mean, there's there's guys in six, seven, eight, nine. Are not exactly. So far, uh, that's, that's why
1: nothing's settled. It, it's it's so tight yeah. in that league. Is this yeah. the loud league? That, yes. That I hear a lot about. This yes. is the loud me. Okay.
2: <laughs> you got uh, You got me, Justin Mason, my podcast co-host. Um, you got Don Del Don, Michael Govier, You got yeah. Scott Genstead. You've got Dave Potts, who's not loud. His team name is. Uh, low talkers but he's he's a name he's a stud Dustin McComas is actually a local friend here in Austin and for when we got there and realized we were in the same well we knew before we got there but for us to be placed in the same league was pretty cool because we're friends here in town it's just a great league and there's a bunch of other guys who are uh, NFC yeah. studs that maybe aren't known in the industry but you don't want to mess with an Emmett Ruland, yeah, Herb right? Ero, Dave yep. Smith, Ray Diaz, Jason Gale I mean it, it it's a monstrous yeah. league yeah bunch of loud mouths and a bunch of silent assassins yeah. Dustin,
1: <laughs> Dustin's sneaky. Cause he knows so much about baseball. I listened to his baseball podcast and he's, he's super knowledgeable about the he's game. So and sharp. on He's so on sharp. Baseball, so sharp. The, so The game yeah. of baseball too, and he's super nice talking, talking to him on Twitter. Like he just, you know, he just seemed like a standout guy when I you know, when I talked to Great him. Great so, guy. Yeah, Met him
2: yeah. at, at, trivia he was actually part of the trivia team that is our rival ah, uh, we, oh, got, oh, we got a little okay. bit of a rivalry going the two teams we kinda, we kind of we kind of run the show down there at, uh, at trivia night and I, and he introduced himself he's like hey i'm dustin McComas. you know we, we're friends on twitter I was like holy crap that's crazy so yeah <laughs> that's how we know each other
1: in real life we've been friends for a while and then we both got placed in the same main which was awesome One thing I meant to ask you about closing out your league and maybe even now with these, um, are you scanning the rosters of other teams as well as the points? Yeah. Yeah. Got to go to that level, right? Yes.
2: Because something that we talked about with the Logan Webb thing that you did. And I said that you probably tried to hold on to him as long as you could because you knew that somebody would want him. Um, That's where I've been with Ryan Presley. Now he's hurt, but if I needed a move, I'm going to cut one of these closers, even though they're very good and somebody's going to want them, but I need to make sure that the, wrong person doesn't have a bunch of money to then pass me and get a bunch of other points and saves. So I've been keeping a close eye on that with what he's got going on and and been trying to hang on to. Presley and Bautista as long as I can but if I have to cut them I will and that's you have to just cut the guys that you don't need anymore thankfully I've had other cuts because I'm not trying to give my competitors saves and have them pass me sure
0: sure
2: yeah and very Pres-
0: true yeah uh, he was extended on the IL they did yes not-
1: he's not coming off today like exactly. he was supposed to
0: exactly
1: interesting it's it's so funny too because uh I've heard Ryan Bloomfield talk about how um you know every time the Astros win a hundred plus game. Presley gets twenty saves, but when he's out, they Montero just ru- like he rips just, a, yeah he, yeah, gets he five just in gets it's insane
2: <laughs> that it's Presley so doesn't have like a thirty save season. And it like, really I don't is know, wild. I, I think next year I'm off though. I, I've been on a Presley train now these last couple of years. Um, He's going to be 34 next year, so I don't know. They could even get somebody that makes it moot, but even if they don't, I I think next year I I fade Presley unless the price really comes down just because it's just been a little too dicey here these last two years, like they've been good seasons but 26 and 25 saves on a team that wins a billion games now this year. He would have gotten more if he had pitched the same amount of innings. Yeah. But uh it's just funny how he still doesn't have a 30 save total. And he's not gonna get it unless he comes back late and really rallies for five more saves. They and it seems like his honest. splits
1: yeah, yeah, his splits versus really lefties these two aren't as, as as dominant as they were. He's starting to be a little more vulnerable to that. So mm-hmm. it's still stuff you gotta watch out for. Yeah, I was uh I didn't get in on the Presley train this year. The only fantasy prediction I made this year that Neris was gonna be the closer, but who knew that Montero was uh, gonna be uh just this this study. I mean, they've the both open, been great you know? when they've filled both, in. Right. They right? both like, have been really good. Naris yeah. has
2: been good too, but uh, Montero has been the guy for the same. Right. Like He's 12 of the own this. Right. Yep.
1: Right. yep. Um, yeah, Todd, do you want to ask a couple of questions? Yeah, so, have- uh,
0: Paul, I was looking at your draft from last March, and um, in the first nine rounds, you just took the one SP. I think it was Woodruff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and I just wanted to know, was that your plan, or did that sort of come together because – you know, I think Dalton Del Don was in your league. He was taking pitcher oh, after pitcher. Yes, he was. You know, and uh, did you did you just sort of adjust to that, or did you say, "Hey, I know the pitchers later on in the draft. I'm going to wait no matter what"? No, it was not a wait no matter
2: what. While I do, you know, f- fancy myself somebody who feels good in the middle and late tiers of pitching, I didn't necessarily want to go that deep. The way things were breaking, though, there were certain guys I really wanted in the one that is so easy to laugh at now, of course, is a Badu. I was very big Akia Badu guy, took a fat L on him. That likely would have been a pitcher in another world there. I ended up taking Kopech with him there. Um, and you know, I thought Anderson could break out. Thankfully, Tristan McKenzie covered him, basically yeah. ended up being that that number two. Yeah. But no, I would have rather had a starter there. And Hanniger was a guy I was really on as well. Yes. Yeah, so and he- I really just didn't want to give up one of the schwarber Haniger, badu trio. I was really keen on all three of those guys, and uh-huh. I'm a go-get-your-guys type of player. Yeah. So that was the cost of, of getting those three outfielders is why I didn't have a second pitcher until the round, uh, okay. round 10.
0: Okay. And then this, my second question, Paul, was for that from that draft is uh, you generally waited on uh, first baseman,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you got Voight and Lowe, which is similar to what I did in a, a few leagues because you know you can't draft everything early exactly so, so i mean there were a lot of great first basemen early but i thought there was value later at that particular position so i wanted to wait and seems like at least in this draft you, you did the same thing
2: played it that way all year outside of a few pete alonzo shares early and then wait on corner i wasn't an early first base kind of guy for the exact reasons you're talking about and i felt pretty good about that do obviously nathaniel lowe's been a huge breakout yeah. he's been wonderful yeah. but even Voight you know 18 homers I don't have him anymore he's on my bench by the way because uh, I need steals but so I do have him but he's just not playing as much 18 homers the, the health is the problem with him and that's why a lot of people fade him I get it I was trying to spike a healthy season right. um, but I'm trying to spike it from a guy who's not healthy but I, I I have no problem waiting on first base I thought it was a position where you could give a little bit because, exactly. like you said you can't get everything early
1: yeah okay. and I like the um. you know you grab a guy like Cronenworth too and you know, obviously the main goal is to use his multi-eligibility, but, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you got to use him at first and I thought he would maybe, you know, I think the stolen bases was, is, is something I'd been a little disappointed with him. Like I thought he would be that guy, maybe that even just the eight range, Agreed. Uh, you know, right. So, but even at that point, you know, when you're like, okay, you know, he could be my multi-eligibility guy, throw him everywhere. But if he has to be your first base man and he's getting you that a little bit of stolen base on top of that. That was it, it kind of my killed. approach with him too. Like in, yeah. in one league was like, okay, I'm going to take him. And if I got to use him at first, I can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. a big Cronenworth guy and I, I got him. And I like positional
2: flexibility with that thinking of like, if I have to, it's not the end of the world. Thankfully, Lowe has been has been huge. And I, I still have like so many of the players that I did draft. It, it is weird. You know, think about all the turnover that you have during the season, but then you go back and look at your draft and you're like, I still have a ton of these players. The one that kills me, the one I talked about uh, on different pods and in different articles is Jeff and, and Tanner bell. They sniped me on Nestor Cortez. Uh-huh. And I was yeah. so mad because I was ready to jump him. It was going to be three rounds above his ADP. I was like, I'll make the move here. I'm, I'm cool with it. I go to draft him. I, I, I put it in my head. I'm like, I'm taking him. They sniped him six picks before me. The worst part about that though, I took Reed Detmers on that turn, and I Uh, cut him before he broke out. uh,
0: Yeah. Because I I was nervous. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I I stand by the cut. He wasn't missing any bats, and he got demoted.
0: He wasn't any good early. No,
2: but he found the slider in the minors, and now he's a god. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right, right. He he had been missing the plate a little bit in his last couple starts, which is maybe a little bit worrisome, too. But like you said, at the moment, that cut, you know, like in this – in these main event leagues, you have to move on when it's really you, you can't hang on to like too much when on faith or mm-hmm. or bias. Bias will get you, so you know, will get you caught. Yeah. Um, but it's so yeah. funny. That... Oh,
2: sorry. Go ahead. No, no.
1: Um, like the uh the jump in the players in my first main ever. Uh, uh, you know, I was looking at ADP and I was like, I made a note with Nick Castellanos and and Lance Lynn. They were the guys I wrote down on a piece of paper. Like, jump, no matter at. At, at at any cost, and get um, Where where I was, same thing. I was ready to beat it by two rounds on both players. Boop, there goes Castellanos, <laughs> and then boop, there goes Lynn. I was like, oh boy. It's like they're looking at our is, sheets sometimes. Yeah, I ran over to them uh, right
2: away. I said, you, I was like, you sons of guns. I was just about to take him. I can't believe you guys, and I was I was so mad about it, and I've been mad about it all year because <laughs> Cortez has been awesome. Uh, but and like I said, I cut that early. But Scopinask always says. If you never make a cut, you regret you're being too cautious. Right. Yeah. It's true. just the truth. Like you're just not cutting enough players. And that doesn't mean cut everyone willy nilly so that you feel bad about a move. That's not what he's saying, but you should be being aggressive enough. Something will come back to burn you. Like I, whenever I talk about cuts in April and May, I put that caveat. Out. I'm like, Hey, I understand that you got to cut this guy in a 10 teamer because he's hitting 203, but he might burn you because in a 10 teamer you got to burn and churn. So I'm trying to think of somebody who had like a bad April, but like you have to know that the guy might come back and be good if that bothers you too much, you probably can't play fantasy sports. You just can't
1: live with regret of every move that, that you miss on. No, like it's it going to been... eat you alive. Yeah, yep. it really will. It really will. It's like, the, um, it's like, it's like the quarterbacks who can't move past an interception. interception, like, exactly. you got to be able to like, if you can't do that, you're not going to be a great quarterback. Yeah. The ones
2: that sulk over it when everyone else has moved on, it's like, that's almost like eyewash too. They want to show how upset they are with themselves. And it's like, don't care anymore move forward we need you to be the guy making the next move
1: yeah i know don't don't look at the shoulder shrugs and um and that's why um i enjoy listening to ian khan so much it's because he loves to study you know body language of players yes he puts so much yeah yeah exactly and i think it's so he's so right about that because it's obviously so much what we do It comes from the analytical side and running your you know data from fan graphs and stack casts, but if you watch the games and you could see things that you like, or don't like, you know, people may think it's, uh, I don't know, a little too, um, I don't know how to say it, but it's just, I think it's huge. I think it's part of the game. I think is when I was coaching, like, um, growing up, just like coaching younger kids, you Mm -hmm. know, help me with that because you, you know, you have to just exhibit like a, a want to play the game a want to get better you got to be opening and sometimes just by watching a game you could just see things maybe you don't like and you're like oh, i don't Absolutely. know i really fully believe in this player because of this you know and
2: i think the reason that some people balk at it is because it's not tangible or, you know it's not quantifiable to say like oh his knucklehead rating is a 48 or whatever so you got to make your best assessments not everything right. is perfectly right. quantifiable and, um, and yeah ian does like really lean in on that and he avoids those guys and sometimes you know, a holes will have great seasons. He's not saying they won't, but by right. and no, large, 100%. Yep. he's not going to be having the guys that are likely to get arrested or to break their hand punching a mound, Zach. Zach you know, <laughs> he doesn't want those guys because it adds, there's already enough risk in this game just in performance. Yep. If you start adding the off the field idiots, now you're really making the game a little bit harder. So we do the best we can, right? Sometimes we get surprised and we learn that somebody's an a hole that we didn't think. But if you can get in a read on that and avoid some guys like like Ian does, it can absolutely be beneficial. Yeah. And there's a reason that they're top 10. His his uh co-owner is Robert Mershek, and I
1: believe they're top 10 yes, in the are. main event overall yep. right now. We are yep, yep. And uh yeah, like you said, we have to do our best with what we see. Obviously, yeah, that one at bat or the one play that a person doesn't run out. Of course, I'm not there for the whole time he's in the clubhouse, he's traveling yeah. with the team and he may be the ultimate guy. You know, obviously I'm um, could be slighted myself or the player like that, but just, you know, whatever you see on the field is what we have, you know, so sometimes we go, we off, just, what we <laughs> we go <laughs> off what we got, we go off what we got, you know, we're <laughs> only human. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about your main too is um, just, just, just knowing everyone in your league, knowing the content that's available um, of the analysts, and, you know, what's out there to, to be had and to be listened to. Do you try to, get a book on them or do you just stick to what you got to do? And not I got books that? on some of them already. You got <laughs> books, baby. You got to
2: have the books. I talked I talk to one of them twice a week
1: with Justin. Right, so. right. Yeah. Yeah. I got a
2: little book on him. You know, I listen to, I listen to Scott and uh, Jeff's pod all the time. And I wouldn't say I've got a full book on him and he's, uh, he keeps it close to the close to the vest for sure. But, you know, I, I have some ideas on, on Jenstead, and, and of course, Jeff Zimmerman is one of my writers at Fangrass a brilliant writer and awesome. I read Tanner Bell and his book, Um, So you know, they've helped me be better, but they haven't fully helped me beat them. Uh, So you know, (laughs) I know I know a few things here and there from from certain guys, but for the most part, you still got to play your team. You know, you mentioned the thing about Dalton Del Don with the pitching and being at the other end of him. I knew that if I left too many starters that I liked all the way toward his end, they're probably not going to get back. Yeah. And so when I didn't take a Dylan Cease at the 3-4 turn, I knew I was kissing goodbye Dylan Cease, very likely. And that's exactly – Dalton Del Don was the one who took him. Anybody else could have too, but I was just saying, you know, anytime you left starters, you know Dalton Del Don was probably going to be in on them. And Justin and I know each other's favorites too. So when you're leaving somebody later, like I was probably going to jump – uh, somebody like Luke Voigt, who I love. I don't know if anybody else loves him the way I did, but I knew that if they did, they would know they had to take him a little bit earlier. Um, right. You know, He might not be the best example because he didn't have a great season, but coming into the year, there were other people who thought, hey, he's pretty good. So you can know little things like that about yourself or what other people know of you. Same with Akil Badu. Again, it was a total flop, but coming into the year, we thought he could be a power speed stud. I was very excited about him. I took him in the ninth round, figuring this is probably my last chance. Of course, that was a flop of a pick, (laughs) but I didn't want to lose him. I didn't want to give them to everyone else, two more chances at possibly taking him from me.
1: And that's so key. Like just knowing where you are in the draft, knowing, like I said, knowing what everyone is going to come with in that next round, because it's so big. It's, it's, it, it, it would drives a lot of picks at the wheel because Absolutely. you know you, you you may look at someone's drafts and be like, oh, that was a little bit of a reach there, but it kind of segues into my next question. It's like it's almost like knowing all these little things in the roster construction, the game theory, knowing your opponent, knowing how to draft. Sometimes in my head, it's like it trumps the player evaluation. You know, just knowing mm-hmm. those all those things like go into winning a league so much. You know and. That's why I think as often some talks, like what's, what's more important, you know, like, is it knowing the whole player pool? Is it knowing every little intricacy about a player or is it knowing how to put that squad and knowing how to draft versus your opponents? Exactly.
2: And I think, I think a lot of it is knowing how to draft against your opponents and going and getting Picks that you're comfortable with and confident in, right? I, I've railed on the Akil Badu pick a billion times. I was fully confident when I took that pick, though. I took the picks that I wanted. I never like coming out of a draft where I have six, seven guys. I'm like, ah, I took him because the draft gave him to me. Yeah, right. I want to go out and get the players that I am interested in, and I've got three, four backups. That you know, if I didn't get Kyle Schwarber, I could have gotten Mitch Haniger. I ended up getting both, but like, I, I had backups for my favorites everywhere. But I want to come out of the draft with guys that I. Studied and I like so I will take them where I need to, where I need to. I don't really care what ADP tells me to a degree, of course you should be aware of ADP if I would taken yes. the kill by doing the third round, just to get my guy that's stupid, but he was going in the ninth to 12th range I took him on the front end of that. And I felt comfortable with that. So you should know the ADP just to know what the market is generally doing. And then try to know as much of your opponents as you can. Sometimes that's gonna be impossible, right? And you just gotta go with what you got. But if you are in a league with somebody from the industry and you recognize the name and they have a Twitter and they have articles, it behooves you to read those i put out the stuff that i believe in i don't i don't have any sort of uh uh you know camouflage out there any subterfuge where i'm saying i like this guy and then i take this guy if i'm going crazy about somebody you better believe he's gonna be like no i didn't (laughs) shut up about giovanni gallegos this year and he's on every team including this main event team so one thing i always say is like if you if you ride with me on my players just know i'm not sending you out there in the ocean by yourself and if we sink we'll at least sync together. So my Badu and Gallegos lovers, I'm sorry that he's, they both suck, but I'm right there with y'all going down with the
1: shit. So I <laughs> yeah, get a, few, yeah, good, I love get a that. few
0: good calls too, Paul. though.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's I appreciate
2: great. that. I, I like to make sure that people understand that I know the bad ones right. so that I can take a little bit of credit for yeah, some of the good yeah, sure. ones. I feel Ooh, great yeah. about Tristan McKenzie, but I also have to acknowledge that the, the Badu and Gallegos ones are staring yeah. me dead in the face there.
1: And to yeah. let everyone understand too, like I feel the same way. It's like, if I give you five great picks, Maybe the one that was terrible—that's gonna eat at me more than the ones I gave you that were 100%. good. Hundred percent, you know, like 100%. people have to understand that, especially the way I am as a human. I'm like, a, like yep, you know, because it bothers me so much. Like, just harp—it's like the, you know, it's like these leagues where I'm winning. It's the, it's the leagues that I'm failing at. It's like I, I stress a lot about that. What I need to get better at that. It's just, it's just the way I am as a person, you know. Yeah, that's you a, focus on the things that yeah. aren't going right, and yep. I'm like, you know, yep. someone
2: can tweet, "Oh, you help me with these picks," that, and I'm like, yeah, but. But you took a kill, my dude, and <laughs> which I'm sorry, man. I'm so sorry. I, should, yep. I I I'm I'm very sorry about
1: that. <laughs> All right. Before we move on to Todd's Fab article, he put up this little game here that he wants us to get uh, involved with. Let's he wants do us it. to pick two pitchers um that out of um starting pitchers that are rostered in 25 to 75 percent of main event league. This is for the rest of the week, Todd, right? These are pitchers. Yeah,
0: this is generally the their next start. Their next, next start. start okay. So 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 you only get their one start. It's uh, the best KBB ratio in total of the two pitchers you pick. All right. And Paul, since you're the guest, you get to pick your draft slot. You can either have one six, two five, or 3-4. Me 3-4. Uh, you am a three, four. real, four. real okay. type of guy. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Todd, you
1: lead us off. I'm this gonna is gonna your game.
0: 1-6. One, one, okay.
1: Yeah. All right, so, um,
0: <laughs> I didn't expect to get the first pick here, but um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go – this is a little bit of a crazy pick, but I think I'm going to go with Cody Morris. Oh, Because he's he's got such potential to get strikeouts. Uh, he if does. he can last even four innings, uh, I'm believing that uh, he could rack up quite a few. Of course, he could walk the ballpark too, but uh, I just believe he's got the talent to really make an impact. And since I'm not worried about the win in this case, mm-hmm. I think I'll go with Cody uh, as my first pick. I like it.
1: Nice pick, Todd. Thank oh, you. Man, I have five Cody Morris draft champions. Um, I have three. I was yeah, big on I, him, man. When me he got too. Hurt, I was, was so I bummed. I was so devastated <laughs> because, um, and it's funny too, how like early in the draft season, you know, like in November, December, you know, I was kind of, I always like to look at, I feel like so much of your success comes from that 40 to 50 round, you know, mm-hmm. taking a fly around guys. So I always Absolutely. like to do deep dives on those guys. And, you know, then I remember I highlighted him as a kind of guy I wanted to get into. And then, like, I think it was not so much after that. I heard it on James Anderson Prospect Pod about a, a guy who could help in, like, redraft. I'm like, shit, you know? And as soon yeah. as whoa, he whoa, said whoa, that, whoa, whoa. his ADP starts skying up. And yeah. then I think Dylan White, too, from uh, Prospects Live, he said the same thing on his pod and also on their um, Patreon, I was like, Oh God, here we go. And it's same thing. ADP goes up and then <laughs> like, God damn. Well, I'm, I, you know, I was happy to get a, you know, a couple of shares before it kept going up, but I'm really excited yeah. about his arm too. I know he got smacked around the first th- but I think yeah, he got bad. I'm, I'm okay like with that. He, he a... did get bad. Yeah. He
2: misses bats like crazy. And I, I really believe in Cleveland. Like I yep. really do. Yeah, like that's, man. that was part of why I love McKenzie this year. I know his body. He's actually a perfect body comp for me. He's 65 165 <laughs> as well. We're both a couple of stop signs out there. Extension but, um, baby. <laughs> he's got that. He's got that great extension. If his body can hold up to the rigors of 30 starts, he's probably the best of the guys that they've cultivated lately, but I love Cody Morris. And I really think he could be special too. uh, next year i rob i think we go right back to the well with him and i'm going right back year. to the well with him yeah and 100%. you know what there's such a
1: dangerous team in the playoffs. if he can become like a two or three inning swing guy that yeah. like karen check now has found it again such yes. a dangerous team from front, like just pitching wise i think he's. if, if there's one of those if teams, they you make play, it yes if they make it they it's are gonna, legitimately dangerous yes yes yeah, they're fine. a team that could sink the yankees real quick Oh, sorry i didn't mean to say that thought. um hey, thanks, let's rob, uh, thanks, <laughs> uh all right so let's go Let's see. I'm looking at these guys here. Let's go with... Actually, you know what? Let's go with a Yankee. might be crazy because he's walking a, a bunch of guys, but let's go with Clark Schmidt. First right, the right. raise. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. I got it.
1: All right. So what, what are my restrictions again here?
0: Uh, you can pick any two guys now that are left. Uh, you know, uh,
1: these you, are... The, the pictures are in the note, Paul. Um,
0: oh. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Did you see yeah, them? Oh, really I got off. the note.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. okay. It's those pictures it. right there it. that are that are part of the uh, uh,
0: one, one comment you, you'd think there'd be more pitchers in this huge band between 25 and 75%. Right. That not That are not injured. These are all the pitchers that are active that are between 25 and
2: 75%. Wow. That's yeah. That's the part that's surprising to me. Okay. So I'm going to take another guy who could walk the yard, <laughs> but I really like him. I'm I'm a big J.P. Sears guy, but Walderchuk I know could be the best guy in that okay. deal. I'm gonna yep. take Keith uh, Ken Walderchuk, excuse me. He's going against Atlanta. I'm very nervous about that, but I'm gonna go with the raw talent there. All and right. then for my second one, I think I'm gonna go a little bit more matchup based. Yeah, and go. Hmm, God, this one could burn me, but we're so <laughs> bad. We being the okay. Tigers. I'm wearing a Tiger's hat right now. I'm going to go Daniel Lynch against my better judgment. Okay. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the matchup. So give me all the Chuck and Daniel Lynch here.
1: Gotcha. Lynch was a like a, uh, um, a target of mine behind some of um, my bigger targets um, this week as just uh, trying to get a win. Like you said, yeah, just to, uh, just
2: to try to steal a win. It's yeah, a good, yeah. Good matchup. He's yep. shown flashes. By the way, I wouldn't be surprised if he had maybe a Brady singer breakout next year, he could be the guy to take the jump next year. He's shown the flashes. still too many walks, still too many homers, but I like Daniel Lynch, please do well against the Tigers. Because by the way, <laughs> listen, I don't, I don't ever root for my team. I don't go around saying go Tigers lose, but when they lose and it's already a lost season, I don't care. Like, yeah, it doesn't hurt it my feelings anymore. So I want my fantasy guys to do well. And I got yeah. Daniel Lynch in the main. So let's yeah. go Lynch.
1: Show that me concrete improvements on the field. But, you know. But, but um, you can keep losing. You can you lose 7-6. Yeah. But let's just see some guys <laughs> take a few steps forward. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with a guy who uh, probably a guy I did a little deep dive on because I like the five-pitch arsenal. I'm not so sure about his the surface stats he's showing right now. I don't know if they're real. But I'm going to go with Assad. On the Cubs Mm, for Cincinnati, another little matchup base here. Hopefully, uh, he can miss a couple of bats and keep guys off the uh, bases with walks. But yeah, he's he's quite an interesting guy. Um, Again, I like the five pitch arsenal, um, but I don't know if he's going to. It kind of seems a little not real what he's doing, but he's gonna he's gonna get a chance to keep throwing. So he was he was amazing in the minors too. So
2: well, you know, if 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 there's some realness to that. There could be a little something here for the Cubs with Javier Assad. I like that pick, especially yeah, against Cincy. Out.
0: Yeah, that's uh, and and there are 19. I t- counted them. There are 19 total options uh, in this contest. So I mean, it, you'd th- like I said, you think there'd be more. There isn't that many choices left after uh, we've taken five off that list. But that's crazy. <laughs> I, I'm I'm probably I think I'm gonna follow Paul's lead and go with Max Castillo against mm-hmm. Detroit. Um, you know, I think he's got potential. I'm not sure he's ready. But, uh, again, Detroit has had real trouble uh, on offense. And uh, he could get at least a few strikeouts, I think. I agree. So um, I- I'll go with that. And I will um, – I guess I'll put it on Twitter or something. Yeah, with, put it uh, on
1: Twitter. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because this is cool because actually um, listening to Bubba and Brian Bloomfield, they they have a little contest going every weekend. And right. they, they've they noticed, too, Like a lot of their listeners love to hear – you know what they got going on, you know, like their little battles in the weekend. So this is cool. I'm I'm interested It's to a see. ton of fun. This yeah, is a great yeah, idea. Ton yeah. of fun. Um, so before I get into Todd's article, Paul, uh, prescribe your fab process. Like, what's your style? Are you uh let it loose? Are you getting guys right off the bat? Or is, obviously everything is a little bit of league context, but I feel like some players yeah. are a little more, you know, designed to uh spend early and often or kind of save for the rest of the season. So what do you like nah. to do?
2: I keep the purse strings relatively open early on. However, I, I'm pretty firm, and I think this year just just sealed it. Um, I don't think I'm, and again, when I say ever, I make a definitive statement. There could be a, there could be a way, but by and large, ninety nine percent of the time, I don't think I'm ever spending more than two hundred on somebody. I, I – I have not in my six years seen the payoff on the triple digit guys. And, and again, mm-hmm. 200 is kind of a, kind of the cutoff there, low 100, even up into the mid one hundreds, you can get that. But once you start going two bills plus on these prospects that are supposed to be the, the guys, the ones that'll do it, I'm just not seeing the payoff, especially, and it's not even so much that those guys don't always pay off. Sometimes they do, but the guys who cost you regularly 20, 30, 50 bucks, I'd rather take four or five of those or upwards of $10, $20 guys instead of one $200 guy. The results are just going to be better. And I'm just, I've maxed out at like a a triple digit bid right now is is the most that I'll do. In fact, the the highest win that I had this year was on one that I'm not as happy about anymore. But I, I bought in on the Michael Lorenzen train early. And I thought more people would be interested. I won 92 to 37. I thought I'd have a more fierce bid there. Uh, So yeah, I paid 92 for them back on April 17th. So I have it open. I got the pocketbook open in the early months, but I don't want to be left holding the bag. I know we're going to get to something about, you know, what are you doing? You don't have any money left. That's nerve wracking for me. I don't ever want to be able to not replace a zero from somebody. So I try to still be smart about it. And I will have, I'll have like open purse strings, April, May, I'll downshift in June, July, tighten it up a little bit, and make sure I'm still good for the home stretch. That's my general strategy, but no more, no more 200 plus dollar players. I don't see the payoff. I'm just not yeah. seeing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I know. So I think you're definitely right. It, it, it's, it's, you can get a lot more value of, of just turning and burning with that money. Um, last year I had two, two guys over, over a hundred bucks. One was a late season Eloy, I think, in our league, where mm-hmm. um I needed the power and he was he was just like it made sense. I had money, I needed power. So it was, you so know, Do you know who for- you outbid. I don't. Was it you? It was me. It was it you. Was <laughs> <laughs> it was you. I was like, I needed it. Uh you know, I don't he didn't really have yeah, move was, the needle it, for it me. Did. But it,
2: yeah, it was one of those where I was like, Rob's the one who could beat me here. I'm gonna go as high as I can. I put my big bid in there, didn't get them. I ended up, honestly, probably for the better, because then I got Dall a week or two later for a decent price. I got Logan Webb. I was able to secure him. So in the end, it was probably for the better there. So you helped me twice, dude. You were really, <laughs> I should have given you a cut of that of that title money, man. I really I realized it, in how much <laughs> impact you had here. <laughs> really I think good. it's so
1: important, too, like you noticed, uh, that, that, that you just have to look at um, who has money left. If that person needs home runs, like every, especially right now at the end of the season, you have to be looking at that like so much, so much because it it really determines a lot of their bids. But last year, too, the other guy that I spent over 200 for was Manoa, and I lost to Grom in that other main, and he was... He was worth every fucking penny. Like he was the one guy I've ever paid a lot of money for that. I couldn't say without a doubt, he helped me win that league. And he was worth every single penny this year. I haven't gone. I, I went over a hundred twice. One was for regretful Jaron Duran, but he started to lead Mm. off. I needed the steals in my league hard. And I went off. Steals will make you do crazy things. They'll make you do crazy things, especially like, um, too like steals and runs. I thought top of the lineup with the Red Sox, he's going to get a go at it. And he just, he got a shot for sure, but he just he, didn't do anything. They tried. It. They yeah, really he tried. tried. He tried. And my other one was a, with an Italian bias with Vinny P where I spent up. A, I got no or, problems with that, needed, baby. <laughs> yeah. I have no problem with that either. I needed power. It gives yeah, every single league. um, It's a constant theme in my leagues is I'm low on power, pretty much on every team. And so he was the guy. It's like, all right, listen, I got the money. This is the hammer I want to use um you know i thought maybe carol will get like a later shot but i was like i want to use it now Um, P was the right move i think i love carol
2: but like they've already said he's not going to play every day they're going to try to keep him from wearing down too much yeah have you diagnosed your issues with power yet do you do you know what it is do you think uh because justin and i've been talking about this on the pod about how many of those mid-tier power guys have been really hurt by the squish ball so instead of hitting their mid-20s they're hitting like 11 like right. they've, they've lost like half their home run. Is it that you got a bunch of guys like that? Or was it a, a plan thing to make sure you got steals? Have you diagnosed why you're light on power?
1: I haven't fully diagnosed, but on the surface, I've noticed that it's those, the 15 to 18 guys who drop down to eight,
0: yeah. 11,
1: maybe like a Benintendi, those types yes, where that's exactly I was why like, I okay, mind. 18, 15 to 20, you know, um, the kettle Martes where I mm-hmm. fully firm, you know, like obviously with him, it's injuries too, but those type of guys who I think those 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 eight to ten home run drop-offs added up to where like where I'm at 190 could have been at like two twenty and would have made a world of a difference yeah. points wise. Um yeah, and and I think it's gonna severely drive up home run hitters next year and next year's draft. Yeah, yeah because we it's don't know what kind of ball not. we're gonna get. We don't so know people we don't, don't have
2: know. to. There's tons of people are going through this with these outages. And again, right. they're not losing four or five home runs. They're losing 10, 15, yeah. they're losing half their total. Benintendi, great example. That's exactly what I had mind when I was saying that. He dropped 12 homers in 17 fewer at bat. So you can't even say, oh, he got hurt. Right. It,
3: 538
1: mm-hmm. last year, he hit 17, 521
2: this year, five. Five. Yeah,
1: he just right. couldn't hit many. And he <laughs> just seemed to be finding his groove too with the Yankees, you know, like and then he got hurt. And, and then he man. got hurt. He was like a, was he was bad. a guy too. I held on to, even though it was hurting me elsewhere. He, obviously, he still, he still helped with average. Um, mm-hmm. But when he got traded, I was like, "Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad I hung on to him. I saw he was leading off on some days. And he was just – he was he was good. He was being back to what I thought he was going to be full season, Benny. And that injury hurt, I think, on a lot of teams because not only that, he gets hurt like at the beginning of the week, which always uh, – yeah. I loved
2: Benny this year, by the way. I really yeah. thought yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, he that was, he was a uh, good buyback health
2: you know if you spike health yeah i thought he was going to be big and that yep. squish ball just rock i think you're dead on about power being brought up i think uh pita Wans is going to be a firm second rounder next year and he was like yep. a could, third could be, consistent yeah. third fourth time
0: yeah yep. for james and i we were hyper focused on speed early mm-hmm. and uh because in previous years that that had worked well for us but part of that was we thought you can always get some power off the the fab wire. Exactly. And and that really, you couldn't yeah. really
2: do it this, Not year. this year.
0: You needed a top six round power hitter to really yeah. be competing in that category.
2: Yeah, I, I 100% agree there. And by the way, one, one other thing we're talking about you know, you need some breaks along the way, you need some good luck. I got the most good luck all year in the very first pick when Michael Govier took. Ozzie Albies I fell to my knees in pain I was so <laughs> upset I loved Albies I was very big on Albies yeah. so I settled for my backup Mookie, Mookie Betts. Betts yeah
1: so he settled. <laughs> sometimes you need you need good luck on the very yes. first pick of the draft there yeah you
0: go, there
1: you go. F- fifth in home runs second in runs just phenomenal year and, and it's you know I think great. I think what what but Mookie always proves is that obviously he has like those years where he flip-flops like you know, I think it's the you know the the even years where he does better, or whatever that, mm-hmm. that 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 fallacy is. But also, too, a lot of it was put on the fact that he was hurt. But he is one of the best athletes not Absolutely. even in baseball just in sports just, just out
2: there he's one of those guys who's good at everything we know about his bowling he bowls 300 not that that's the most athletic sport but he's just one of those guys yep we all had a friend like that you might have been that friend and if you were i hate you but um <laughs> you're just good at every. i did have one of those and he was a brilliant soccer player he like was on scholarship at memphis but he could play everything he's like and then we had him play on our uh, intramural softball team. He's like, I never really swung a bat for three home runs, just clear over the fence. It's like one of those guys. That's Mookie. He's just good at everything. And mm-hmm. I, listen, I did get lucky that I ended up taking it because it was going to be, it was Albies, Woodruff, bets. Those are my, my three there. And I was going to get one of the hitters and Woodruff. So if Albies hadn't gone, I would have taken Albies and Woodruff. But with bets, I got him in a bunch of spots because I thought people were just completely giving up on him and giving up relative to his greatness. Obviously, he was a late first round, early second round. So no one was actually giving up. But the fact that he wasn't a firm first rounder, I had him sixth on my board, guys. But I had Albies fifth. So that's why Albies was still ahead. If you're you're wondering, well, why would you have taken Albies then? I had Albies very high. I thought power speed there on the great team. Yeah. Honestly, me he too. did not do that
1: well. Like... Even when he played. Yeah, if you yes, look at know. that,
2: now, now I wonder what's going to happen to his price because now we're looking at a 91 OPS plus. Is he just going to get a full write-off for the year and people buy back in? But what are we looking at? Like a fourth round? Where did, do you know he, where he went in that seven rounder?
1: Um, let me check. I was actually just going to check that right now. Um, I yeah. think he I think he went at a decent price. I don't think, um, I don't Maybe think he third fell round, off.
0: I think he went a third.
1: Uh, I would pay see. third. I would take that for Albie's. That's a good enough discount for me. He did. He went in the middle of the third. Okay, so I, came I, back I can, around I and it went Story, Bichette, Classe, Lindor, Albie's in the third round. Oh, and right a before, big group of buybacks with Story, yeah. Bichette, yep. Albie's. Yep, yep. And right before <laughs> Marte and Alonso. So, quick question: point, uh,
2: Who's y'all's number one closer next year? Just off the top of your head, do you have one? You I had, took Classe.
1: I took Diaz in in. in oh in yeah. The middle, yeah, I took the ads yeah, in the middle the of the second round. round. I think it's the ads in Classe a, without a doubt. The
2: ads Classe, and then, um, Helsley's my number three. Wow. Yeah,
1: I, I like Helsley a lot too, even I with still... some
2: struggles here down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned about the struggles. If anything, that in the back of my mind is the closer by calculation thing that they love to go by, but it still seems like he is the guy. He's, he's the dude, though. He's you the know, dude. He's, he's so dude. impactful with those yeah. Yeah. too. Yeah, and just the ratio help. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in this draft too, I I got Josh Hader at fifty three. This was before his San Diego implosions, but still before fifty he fully mounted. I still think that like he, like I'm still thinking, you know, that he's gonna be okay and getting that thirty he's saves it. in round fifty three. I was I picked fifty three. Pick fifty three after nice. Presley. I got him right just, after Presley. Saves are
2: going to be hard again next
1: yeah. year. No one's yes. going to
2: come off of this from this year where we push them up. That's not going to change, y'all. No, no. You're totally
1: right. It's not going to change at all. I think, I think
2: it's a- Bautista. Paul could be yes a five guy. He's he's yeah. a top he's a top five guy for me right now. I'm I'm 100% with you, Todd. Felix Bautista is the truth. And that's why I fully advocated them trading Lopez. Because let's be realistic, they didn't have a great shot for the playoffs. So you turn a waiver wire guy like that into
1: a stud, trade him for something because your replacement is just as good in Bautista. Bautista went right at the end of round five in this league. Love that. Yeah. So he was definitely aggressive, uh, aggressively picked. And I think rightfully so. Uh, He came right right off. He's just a beast. I mean, I got him. He's, he's helped me propel one of my OCP from like 110, 120, where I just needed saves. But I kind of know like in OCs that, you know, you could just grab them a little bit at the end of the year. If I yeah. if I noticed anything well, from last year's leagues, then he he became available as the guy. And he was – because, you know, in 12s, you can't, you can't mess with the speculative closers. It's not going to help no. you. You, you mm-hmm. need to move the needle in strikeouts or full saves. You can't do the partial saves. And um, he got the job. He was still available. I was like, "Oh man, this is great!" Went up and got him, and he's just been broop. He's just bringing me up every every single save. He's just been he's awesome. wonderful. He really is fascinating. Um, I'm I'm rooting for so hard for the Oriole team. Me I too. just love it. I just me it's, too. what a great thing for baseball. You know, you bring up the the kids, especially Adley. Just the record that they brought war. him up. You know, like
2: he's yeah. already got four more on the year. Like he just made an instant amazing impact permeates the team when you're the catcher too right. Absolutely. Absolutely, I love all super they' super, super
1: all right Todd let's uh let's let's go through sure. your article real quick and talk about sure. the ads of the weekend let's
0: do sure it. so the the, the t- I go through the top 10 ads Paul and mm-hmm. uh of course the top two were gunnar Henderson and Corbin Carroll they were added in all 47 leagues uh somebody had 621 dollars left to bid Holy on skies. I know to bid on gunnar Henderson which Hey, I like Gunnar Henderson, but I don't know if I'd recommend waiting until September to bid $621. Right? Is That's that the a,
2: thing. Why do you have that much?
0: I know. I don't know. I don't know. You could have but, done you know, so
1: much with that to help your team. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I, 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 obviously, it was a mistake. Whatever I, led to that, I don't know. But uh, but it was interesting to look at Henderson versus Carroll. I ended up bidding more on Henderson myself uh, in, in all the leagues because – I just felt he would have more of an impact this year. And plus, I needed infielders more than outfielders. Um, but uh, I don't know. if I mean, look, they're both capable of, of power and speed. And mm-hmm. I think Carroll could be the better guy long term. But um, what did you guys think about, you know, these two ads, I guess?
2: I'm with you across the board. Uh, I favored Gunner in, in my bids, feeling he could be more impactful with the power. I think Carroll can be an excellent power-speed guy. Uh, them saying that he's not going to play every day because he's 21 and he's coming up, you know, f- uh, with his biggest year here in terms of games played, and they don't want to just run him into the ground. I respect yeah. that. Like I totally get it. And so I have to adjust accordingly. And so I downshifted a little bit on my Corbin Carroll bids. Now in my main, I didn't have any money for either of them, so that's not. Oh, where i'm good. talking it was my other leagues where i could get them and my other main with my buddy colin we could look at at one of them but we still didn't really have enough to compete but i was favoring gunner both can be instrumental down the stretch uh but gunner i think has that pop and he already has a stolen base as well it's not like he's devoid of speed right. he can give you a couple down the stretch here and there might not be enough time for carol to really flex his speed they might equal each other in steals with like four each type of yeah. deal so give me the guy who's got the more ready power yeah. which is uh, uh, Gunner Henderson.
3: Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. I would more Gunner. Um, I the hair did it. The hair me, was that was that was the tiebreaker. <laughs> I was like, this guy, I, I love it. No, he just um, I I tried to watch as much as I can of both of them. Again, trying to notice that that like on field presence. He he turned mm-hmm. that double play. Uh, it's just oh, it's just fascinating so his great. footwork and not that that matters in fantasy, but I was just like. You know, it consumes you when you're watching the play. like, he just, he popped off the, the screen. I was like, this kid looks like he's got it. I felt like the Orioles were more in a position to bypass the, we need to save it at bats and play the appearances and get that compensation pick next, next year. So Go I was ahead. looking at that too, as you know, a little tie break too, because carroll has been sitting enough already to make you, you know, especially in a 12 team league. Uh, I mean, he already sat yesterday, so it's probably not a great start for a three game week this week you know, this half is week. So I was trying to look at things like that. I did have money for them in my one main, um, but I chose to go a different route instead. I needed power. So I went the Hiora Toglia um route. Um like Toglia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I doubled both of those guys up. But um, yeah, I I didn't have. I think I got Carol for one buck in an online championship. Again, talking about it. how crazy that is. OCS that, are insane. I had, had got, four. I know, insane. I had four bids in. He was my last one at a buck. As a okay, again, I'm worried about all those things, but he was like, okay, I'll take him on because of the three game weekend too in in Colorado. So I was like, okay, exactly. Even if it's a one dollar streamer, and I was like, I can't believe I just got this guy for a. can you got him for a buck, but at that makes it worth it. I will say. Next week,
2: they got four lefties. So be careful with, like, your Jake oh, yeah. McCarthy, your yeah. Foreman Carroll, your Alec Thomas uh,
1: next week. But for this week, I, I like them, too. McCarthy for that, uh, is a guy, series. though, I've been – I don't know. I can't keep him out of the lineup now. because He's winning he burns, leagues. He's, he is, he, like, he literally really being a league winner right winning now. winning leagues, he's yeah. Amazing. There was one Friday where I sat him because he wasn't starting that Friday. He stole three bases that weekend. I said, shit. And then the same thing, oh. one weekend, I think, with a lefty, too, and it didn't matter. He hit, like, 300, and it just – He's crushing uh, the lefties too. So you he's, can you can ride with him all the way. 896 He's, just been, OPS. Yeah. he's not just a speed guy. He just seems like an overall really, you know, solid baseball player. Agreed. Um, and you know, I know there's a lot of debate too about um whether or not people should be able to spend money if they're out of the league, or you know, like um, cause the two guys who got Garner and Carol in my second main event are are ninth and thirteenth in the league, mm-hmm. you know, which is fine because I look at it too, like I'm second, I'm trying to gain first four points out of it. So if it's not going to the top half of the league, that's cool. You know, it's like, exactly. it's, not, it's it's not going to really affect me. Also too, I feel like a lot of that stems from people who are really aggressive early and expect to land guys later on the cheap. It just you're, doesn't work like exactly that. You're exactly right. And you like, know, it just doesn't work. They like
2: don't that. owe you. Like I would to slam somebody for participating is so weird because we usually slam people who don't participate. (laughs) Yes. amen. And like, it's just sour grapes. It's the same as like any trade veto where you're just looking out for number one and you're mad that you didn't get them. I don't care if somebody didn't play for four months, They just, they didn't do anything. I don't know what went on in their life. What if it was something horrible? I don't know. Maybe it was just negligence, but what if it was horrible? And then they're back. Life has settled back down. And now they're playing hard, even though they're in ninth place, they paid 700 bucks. They can do whatever the hell they want. That is legal. As long as there is no cheating and you can't really cheat. Even if, even if first place calls up and says buy him, that's only like, that's lame. I would hate that. But even that, like, you can only do so much with that. So as long as it's not cheating, I don't have a problem with it, and I don't think people should complain about it. People can play as long as they want. And you don't – here's the thing. You're not crying and calling that person to put in a full roster when they don't have a full roster. So why are you complaining when they're coming out to get that full roster? Absolutely. Right? You're only mad because you didn't get the guy, the person, the the people who complain about that. right? So there's a
1: guy in my first main event lead, Paul. His name is James O'Brien, Schwindy city. He has <laughs> $998 left, <of> bet, <laughs> right? But he's in sixth place with 90 points, right? That's so impressive. That's impressive, right? So we, we've we had this discussion on the pod. Like, I wonder if it was like a bet with someone. Hey, listen, I bet you I could finish in the top half of the main event. With, without, no, with, with no yeah. with yeah, with like using ten less, you know, ten dollars or less in fact. Ten dollars or fewer, yeah. Yeah, ten dollars or fewer. It's 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 been really wild. Like he still had Paven Smith on his team, you know, on the bench, you know, and it's just <laughs> It's fascinating. Like he, he's he's making lineup changes, right? But he's just not making moves. So it's just it has to be a bet. Like you it said, has to be a bet,
2: right? Like, <laughs> let's see who has the least fab and finish or the most fab left and finishes the highest, and they put like a thousand dollars on it or something because that's it, insane. And I'm super insane. impressed that he's sixth.
1: I, I know, know super impressed. I don't know if that says more about the rest of the week, <laughs> just him in or his draft was amazing his yeah, draft yeah, was, just was, was, I mean, it was it pretty some great
0: pitchers. We looked at the pitchers; They were really good. He has yeah. to, right? Because that's yeah. where you
1: would normally spend fab got on just by like the virtue
0: yeah. of Amber
1: gallon Okidi, Montas, Ooh. Presley, Scott Barlow, Akaz, Devin Williams, uh, and Ranger Suarez. So that's, his, that's some
2: amazing uh, drafting, right? That's there. his staff.
1: Really uh, game. he's got the Bichette Maldonado, uh, Brian Reynolds, Cedric Mullins, um, but he's got Schwindel in there, and that's the name of the team, Schwindy City. Uh, but he still got Alex Curl off at first base so, again. Just wild that he's again. And and if it is a bet, I hope this guy listens. Or if anyone knows him, James O'Brien, yeah, please, please tell us. Please tell I want me. To be like, in on this, and yeah, I want to see yeah. how it finishes. Right, right. Because uh, <laughs> maybe it was way more than what the purse is for first, second, or third. Exactly. So, if they're like, let's him. put
2: five G's on this, or <laughs> ten, you know, maybe they're big
1: sharks, and him and he his buddy are
0: like, you no, know, he doesn't care about the league. Who cares? Yeah.
2: He's just trying to beat his friend because they put 10
1: G's on this yeah, fab, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, this it's, fab it's bid that they're really, doing. That's really amazing. Really wild. Really wild. Uh, By the way,
0: Tristan uh, Casas just hit his first home run. Let's okay. go! Welcome okay. to the league, Casas. Nice. All right,
1: yes, welcome to the league. Oh, All right. right. So the
0: next, the next biggest ad was, uh, unsurprisingly, Jimmy Herget, who's been getting saves for the Angels. Yes, he, he looks was like the guy. Up in Forty-five of the forty-seven leagues. But, you know, these were really, uh, you know, $16 and under bids. These were all people trying to get them for cheap, and a lot of them succeeded, you know. and uh, But I think he's pretty much the closer now for the Angels, as far as I can tell.
2: I, I agree, and he seems to be the guy to go get. I like picking up Jimmy Herget. Um, The schedule oh, smiles on them early here facing the Tigers for three, but then they go to Houston for three, at Cleveland for three. The thing of it is, Cleveland, obviously, they're a good team. Um, if the angels do beat them or Seattle next week, you should assume it's probably going to be a pretty close game. Those are two pretty quality. And if they somehow pull one off against Houston, it'll likely be a close game. So that is one thing about the lower team closers. I I don't use this as a strategy at the beginning of the year, because you still want the guys on the best teams. The most wins are going to generate the most saves, but coming down the stretch, I'm not afraid to go for some of the guys on the mediocre teams or poor. In this case, the angels they are not very good Uh, because if they do win, it should be close. So I liked her he was a good pickup. I didn't need saves anywhere, so I didn't have to go for him, but I I saw that as a, a solid pickup and he's another body comp for me because he's a string bean out there and he wears glasses so he looks even more like me than tristan mckenzie well that's good that's good he's
1: got that um you know he's got that release point that i think really helping with the deception and the tunneling of his pitches because yep. it, it's it's like near paul seawall but not really um and he gets even though he doesn't throw like super fast he gets like pretty decent ride on, on the fastball. So I think he's just right now a guy that's hard to pick up. Um, Agree. I don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be one of the guys that last, but right now in the moment, he's definitely getting the chances. Right. He's getting the opportunity. And like you said, Paul, it's not about like the winning teams. It's just, if they play close games, you know, like the Astros beat teams up, you know, cause you know, we talk about the Presley thing, but the Indians play close games. So mm-hmm. either way, if, the, if they happen to be in the game, you just know that he's going to come in and uh, definitely getting a shot. Um, I put in a question here for you guys um, because these guys kind of got scattered about in the leagues that that they were available for some similar prices. Uh, I know they weren't the top 10 guys picked, but um, John Schreiber and A.J. Puck. So for the rest of the season, who would you rather cut between the three of these guys?
0: Between the three?
1: I'll go Hergit, Schreiber, Yeah, I love
2: Puck's talent, but Oakland is so terrible. So terrible. (laughs) Yeah, They're just absolutely. so yeah, just bad, bad right now. Yeah, they want
0: to throw Puck on back-to-back days.
2: That's another thing, too. They want to protect him. So it, I love the talent. I think he could actually be the closer next year. I think this year's kind of a foundational year to where they feel like they can give him some innings and then next year maybe turn him loose in a role like that. But this year, I, I don't think he's going to get every opportunity, right. and they're easily the worst of those three teams. I like get a little bit more, even though Boston's better than the Angels, just because Hurge is more – set as the guy and then Shriver as the secondary
1: guy in there. And he's gotten the last two saves. So I think he's kind of the guy right now because
2: they like Whitlock as a Swiss Army
1: dude. Yep. Yeah, and I think he kind of took over that Hauk. Um we see when how and Whitlock were kind of like splitting it. It kind of looks like for a moment, it looked like Matt Barnes might have gained some steam. I think he got one save chance, and that's all it, that's all it takes for like a former thirty closer, oh, a thirty save guy. Just takes one. Put him back in the bid list, you know. Like you rush, we all can jump right back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We just jump back in real quick. It's so funny. Uh, fantasy baseball is so great, I like that.
0: So the uh, on the fourth and the eighth most picked up players I'm putting together because these were the Rockies hitters Toglia and Bouchard. Mm-hmm. Um, Toglia. Went for in significantly more leagues than Bouchard. I didn't see them as that all that different myself, but Togley went 40 leagues and Bouchard 23. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. So, I think that's a name. I think that's a name value thing, Todd.
0: Maybe, maybe.
2: People just aren't as familiar with Bouchard. That's my guess. That's my guess.
0: I mean, his numbers were pretty close to what Togley was doing. I, I don't know.
2: I, I, he spent more time in AAA too. Like you could make a case that, yeah, Toglia is the bigger prospect name. But Bouchard might be the better pickup. He's the one who spent – he's 26, so he's a little oh, bit more yeah. you know, finalized as who he is. Right. And he had the big year in AAA, whereas Toglia was crushing in A and only spent a couple weeks in AAA. So, you know, maybe. I like both, but I wonder if Bouchard, because he was cheaper and more available, because he'll be more available this week, yeah, maybe I mean, he's the guy to go for. And maybe, it's like he's uh, a little I more active also, on the
1: basis too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Bouchard, I think, is eligible in NFBC in outfield. Uh, whereas uh,
1: Togli, I think, is first base, yes. So maybe yeah.
0: that ah, might have had something to do with it. And him Togli
1: himself. is not too far from getting outfield. Um, I think he's played seven um, games in the outfield, yeah. so he'll have first in outfield, which will be pretty huge, I think. Um, I love I, in field outfield. yeah, yeah. And you know what, Paul? I think it's funny, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the oh, he's 26, he's 27, um, you know, um. When that last year, Joey Menzies this year are showing us that that's not a bad thing. You know, no. if you need help right now, it's not a bad thing,
2: especially here. Yes, in the in the second half of seasons when guys are playing. Sure. Joey Menzies might not do anything next year. I don't care. He's been amazing this year. He's the perfect Frank Schwindel for this year. Sean Bouchard might not have a brighter future than Michael Toglia next year, but this year, the 26 year old, maybe they trust him more as, Hey, this guy's a veteran. He's been around for a while. He's not a veteran to the majors, but he's an older dude and older dudes sometimes get a little bit more trust down the stretch.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think that name, that that name value thing too. He was definitely higher on the prospect list of, of many others. And if that's a lot of process that people do is just look at the prospect list or look at James Anderson's or anybody else's list and they'll see totally up there, or he had been up there for a while. So they'll jump on that name for sure. Um, I think he's, I think overall, I think he's just got a, a way more, like a, a lot more of a power profile. That's kind yeah. of what I was going for. And this is strictly too, for obviously you're going to sit him next week, that five game week away from cores. So I mm-hmm. strictly know that, but then they have a full week the week after that. And then, as right. we know, I think a lot of people know that the, their last 10 games is not in cores So this was strictly yes. a play him for two weeks and see you later. Bro. And then you pass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, so unless he proved that he could hit on the road, but it's still it's still a yeah. hard hold a when – More cores field, yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think important. they play
2: the Dodgers and the Giants in those games too, so you're not getting easy pitchers
1: Very true. on the Right, road. right, absolutely, absolutely. Now, next, Don?
0: Was- I don't want to um, mention all the guys on this top 10 list, but one guy I do want to mention maybe selfishly, because I I picked him up in a lot of places is Spencer steer, not because he's a great player, but uh, the reds, speaking of schedule, have a nine game week next week. So for those people listening, yeah. Yeah. Paul, I, they are scheduled for nine games, if I'm not mistaken. So even, even if uh, you get a guy that, It's like playing two thirds of the time. You still get a nice six game week there. So uh, I would just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, Steer, I don't know if he's going to play every day, but he at least was hitting the first few games he got up. And uh, like I said, anybody's capable of a little hot streak and he could, Maybe help some of my teams.
2: I think there's room for him. I think that's a really savvy pickup, especially with the nine gamer coming up. He came over from Minnesota in the uh, in the Tyler Molly deal. Yeah. Continued to hit with their AAA after having a good AAA with with the Minnesota Twins. I like Spencer Steer here. He has good plate skills too. He takes his walks. He doesn't yep. strike out too much. That's a good pickup. And I think I'm going to be looking at him this week with the nine games. Cause he didn't get picked yeah, up he, everywhere. You're looking at him with the nine round. games. And,
0: and I yeah. think he's going to
2: play too. You said you're, you know, you're not hundred percent sure if he plays all the time. He's played third, first and DH. So they're moving right. him around to make sure that Spencer steers in, in the lineup. And I really yeah, like exactly. that with Cincinnati.
1: I totally agree with that. He's hit 23 homers and in the minors. And like you said, Paul, good, good plate skills, uh, great home park. Um, that's all you need right now. That's a, uh, PT plus yeah. a good profile, and um, you just got to let it ride for sure. And yeah, yeah that nine rolling. game week actually turned my eye to TJ Friedel, too, as well, yes. because yes. you know he's just uh, uh, obviously he sits versus lefties like Jake Fraley, but in that um, nine game week, there, um, the Monday to Thursday, the five games is all versus righties, and oh, the second half is is four. It looks like right now, three out of the four um, wow. will be. Um, versus righties as well with one of the double header is the lefty so he'll still get like maybe three four games so i tried to jump him um in a couple of leagues but it seems like everybody else it didn't help you at two on sunday. homer game yeah the two homer two on sunday homer i'm sitting on the beach and i'm like motherfucker this is going to kill these bids, <laughs> is there you know anything worse
2: than a homer or a save from somebody on sunday from somebody you're targeting there's nothing right. worse
0: well, well yep. the only thing is, combo is meal yep A homer and a steal, Paul, on the same day on Sunday.
2: It's it's over. That player going like uh, two hundred percent more than he was going.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: exactly.
2: Absolutely.
1: Did you guys um, have any peek into Luis Patino? I mean. He got thrown uh, into the mix, and I think if I'm not mistaken, if he stays in the mix, he's going to be lining up for a two start next for week. For two, yeah, I think so.
2: Um, I, I missed out on him. I put in, I put in a bid, and it wasn't yeah. enough. Yeah, he's got yeah. Su- such arm talent. Obviously, there is high, you know, there's a wide range of outcomes with Patino, but I think he's somebody that definitely needs to be picked up. And like you said, <clears throat> if he stays on track, I think he should set up for the two step if he gets to be part of that double header on Tuesday next week.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. He's a little bit of a wild card for me because of his control, but uh, I think if, depending on your situation, if you need strikeouts and you just want to, you know, let it ride, I think he's a good option.
2: Oh, wait, the two-step was this week. I'm sorry. I botched it. He pitched against Boston yesterday and then he'll get the Yankees this weekend. Okay. So yeah, I was going for him, but I only, I didn't have a whole lot of money in most of my leagues, to be honest, but i i missed out on patino but i still really like him and honestly i'm still intrigued in him long term i know we're talking mostly for the rest of this year but when you talk about drafts and draft and hold going to start up i don't yep. think patino is going to be very expensive and i think he's going to no. still be on a lot of my uh a lot of
1: my lists to go absolutely. and pick up this like is the 30th round 100 high upside arm late in draft absolutely especially in dynasty league too i think if if, if someone if you're you know if you're in a league and the owner's kind of falling asleep on him or tie or get that prospect mm-hmm. fatigue, fatigue on him, yep. I think it's a good arm to go after. Cause I think it's shown too, that um, with a um, clanahan hand and Rasmussen, like Rasmussen's almost, I think 50 innings above what he's pitched last year. So mm-hmm. they're not afraid. I think when it's necessary to get these guys, a big bump in innings pitched and I think um, they're going to need it. Uh, I I think Kluber is just on a one-year deal, right? Um, So they're going to need some innings being thrown next year. So definitely put him on the watch list. Yep. Yeah, Luis Patino, good call.
0: So, uh, Paul, every week I look at the wow bid of the week, which is the highest main event bid. And, of course, this week it was (laughs)
2: the
0: Gunnar Henderson bid. (laughs) But interestingly, it was the highest main event event bid this year. That's crazy. all of it. I mean it, previously it was the 613 bid uh, for Josh Low, Josh but but oh,
1: boy.
2: that
0: one at least was in April yeah so you're now, getting 5 months uh, you yeah, know that,
2: that's that's a thing but
0: this one September i mean you know i'm sure there's an explanation but anyway 621 um mm-hmm. that's a hefty bid no matter what month it is <laughs>
2: yeah it really is as we said earlier that money could have been better spent elsewhere yeah, throughout it, the season there's just no way uh, that it longer. couldn't the yeah. only thing I could say is like, like we were saying, earlier, maybe he had ex- that person had extending circumstances that they couldn't participate as much in the summer, and they didn't want to take that fab with them, so they went hard on a premium I agree, prospect.
0: I it's fine, but I just uh, I it just, is <laughs>
2: definitely a wow moment of the week. You are a hundred, you, you, It's perfectly named for your wow, wow moment Yeah, week. <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: So I'm just gonna drop down to the average main event team uh, fab remaining, mm-hmm. which is seventy eight dollars. Oh, I'm below that. For the average team, is, which is pretty low, but it's about what it was last year. Okay. Uh, it, w- it was almost the same thing. It was It's actually just a uh, almost 1% higher than last year. And last year, Paul, we figured out that there was $57 per team on average that was never spent. So okay. if you assume that's the case, that means on the active teams, there's $21. Oh, on the then I'm right in line.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I got, I got 24 so so yeah, I'm right you, in line there. Got
0: extra money to throw around. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm rich. And interestingly enough in that league, uh, 12 of the 15 are 30 or below oh, and then wow. there's 64, a 95. And then the last team the team in last place has two Oh one. They obviously haven't been spending as much cause they haven't been having as good of a season.
1: That's interesting. I, um, I got 11 in my one main event where I'm in second. Uh, I'm second in both and I have 74 in the other. So tale of two different leagues right there. Yeah, um, that is vastly yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm 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 trying my hardest not to go back and look at either the overbid. So, so this or is the... where you
0: agonize deep.
1: Oh yes, sorry, I, Todd, we, we lost you for a second I'm
0: there. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, no, no, you're 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 totally fine. Go ahead. See my internet, but um but yeah, so uh I think I think the, the difference between a three and a $4 bid sounds like ridiculous, but it's going to be a, an important decision for teams that have 20 bucks left. Like it really is, you know, it's like,
2: like every dollar I moved up this week, I was like, do I really need to go six on this guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and like, right. I had to play it cautious. I mentioned Yasmani Grandal; He was in another situation this week where he was available. And I have, um, I have Christian Bethencourt, and Shay Langler's. So they're okay, but they could have been upgraded with Yasmani Grandal. And I bid six and I was gonna push up. He went for nine. And I'm like, I maybe could have afforded that, but that's three extra dollars is yeah, exactly. so much. Actually, it would have had to be four extra dollars. Because if I tied Dusty, he would have right. uh, Dustin, he would have beat me by 10. me being needed- higher. So I would have had to go 10 and that's like 50% of my money. I couldn't do that. No,
0: no, it's like it's like it's like being in an auction draft when you have uh, you when know you have- eight or nine bucks left? Yep. You know, so like, yeah, you, you can't spend it all on one guy. Um. So anyway, it's just going to be fascinating. I know there's a lot of owners that are really in the hunt, but they have a low amount of money. So you got to including the hunt. leader, right? Well, yeah, we'll get yeah. to him. Okay. We'll get to Bob- Sorry,
2: I didn't mean to jump it. Didn't yeah, mean to but, jump but, it
0: there. Go but, ahead. Um, before we do that, I wanted to, you know, Paul, we I look every week at the four widest pickups from three weeks ago and try to determine whether they were good, bad, or indifferent pickup. And this year, interestingly enough, uh, the pickups have been a lot better on average than they were last year. I don't know if that's, that's uh, something that people are doing differently. Rob thinks it's because I'm writing an article, which I don't. That's
1: think it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's beefing I up an article. For, I know, but I know when it might be. Go ahead. I, I think it's impressive too, because Todd is a real tough judge. He's a real tough judge.
2: That's right. Hey, that's, you got you to be there when, you, <laughs> when you're handing out these greats. So I wonder, now, it might be coincidental that it's four hitters, but the fact that it's four hitters, I think the reason for that is the NLDH. Um, Jeff and yeah. I were talking about this, about how much easier it's been to find hitters. We've been talking about this across the industry all year. But I wonder if that's because a lot of you know, the, the four guys that you listed, Vaughn Grissom, Joey Mensis, Manny Margot, Emmanuel Rivera, three of them are in the NL Right, and I feel like with the NLDH, we've seen a lot more plentiful batters and quality batters. At that, I wonder if that's playing a role well, in. I, I don't know how many how many it's been hitters all week. I read your article. We have been, most we've of had week.
0: A, we've had the reasonable share of pitchers, Rob. I think uh, okay, it's not, so that's like, not that it's not been totally hitters. It's it, it's just I think um, the results have been better. I think it's partly just the performance, and there's been more players bubbling up. I mean Vaughn Grissom. I don't think people were on him at all no. in the early part of the season. Maybe
2: Braves fans, but that's it.
0: Right, right. And Joey Men- Men- Menises, I think you mentioned, but he's been fantastic, you um, know, in, in his few weeks on the on the team. So mm-hmm. I-, I think he's helped lots of teams with power. And uh, Margot is a proven bat, so that's not unusual to, to get his win. And the only guy I didn't give a win to was Emmanuel Rivera, who's been – He's been okay, but he's been a little in and out, not quite yeah. playing all the time. Um, and, and
2: the power dried up. He was hitting for yeah. some pop there, and it started to dry up a little bit. And they exactly. Made him the least of those four, for sure.
0: Right. But even, look at the record, Paul. I don't know if you have the article in front yeah, of you. Yeah, I do. Uh, it's 29 thumbs up for the year, which is 38%. That's huge compared know, to last year. Last year was 24%. And uh, and thirty one have been bad picks. Uh, that's forty one percent compared to forty nine last year.
2: So let me ask you something before I say what I what I want to say here. You you keep track of the money and how much people are spending. Yeah. Now at this point, I think it's flattened out a little bit because by 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 force, right? You have to stop spending a little bit to try right. to get to the finish line, and and maybe a month or two months ago around the break, did you notice that people were spending at a higher clip overall, or was it the same as previous years?
0: In fact, the very beginning was lagging. Really? uh, And then it caught up. Yeah. Then it caught up. There was a period where it it was aggressively more bidding and it caught up, but it was, it was, if you plotted a curve, it'd be, it looked very similar to last year. Okay. Cause I wondered if,
2: my, my anecdotal experience and that's probably just the league i'm in too because there's a bunch of industry people and there's a bunch of great players so it's a very difficult league for fab but i w- i was surmising that perhaps people were taking fab a bit more seriously this year no. playing it a bit tougher no. um with like more fab articles coming out but no yeah. you're saying the money's been spent the same way yeah,
3: no, um and that's so interesting
2: way. to me yeah so sometimes your anecdotes you know they don't check out when you check the numbers there no. I, I felt like people were spending more money than usual before but I guess they had to downshift. And like you said, they weren't even spending it earlier. And that's when I most thought it was happening. So I was dead wrong on my theory there. <laughs> no,
1: no, I think I think it was like a like a week 8 to 12, yeah. 13-ish, where it was a, a yeah. little more beefed up than previous okay. year. Um,
3: yeah, I kind of think right. maybe,
1: too, like maybe the short season – like messed up a lot of people to approach the fab I think it absolutely right. and then last year maybe everyone was like oh wait a minute i don't have only nine weeks for a thousand dollars it's 26 so you know i completely I, agree yeah, with that i think that has to something to do year. with it yeah yeah but That's like you said it's a great point there's more attention now on the nfbc there's a lot more mm-hmm. people covering you know what it's about what what it entails the people involved and i think that you know, like you said, the pickups are starting to be less. You know, obviously we're still going to get those crazy, you know, sure. five, six hundred dollar bids. Um, but still, on on the on the uh, on the majority side, I think people are starting to understand, like we mentioned, that a hundred dollars on one player versus turning and burning for six, seven guys for that same 100 is is yeah. is is the better route. and You're just you know. not going to get the payoff
2: unless you land the Manoa of the year or if you land the Vaughn Grissom or the Michael Harris. Uh, you know, those guys paid off nicely. But then you could have Josh Lowe, right? You can always name the downside of it, too. And I think that downside happens a lot more often. And so you just got to be care- – I mean, looking at up and down the list there that Todd has – of the big bids and you see matt brash flop Josh joshua right. flop matt manning flop yeah,
1: jesse winker flop a lot of them a lot of them you okay. could get like steve weimer who's in the top five two teams in the top five who gets michael harris for five dollars when he comes up that's oh just my it's, God. yeah it's not even like you have to go up and splurge on him he's just you know Snuck him in for five. Was like, just oh, one of the God. best,
2: one of the best players in
1: the second half oh,
0: for five no, bucks. I know so for five
1: go. bucks, it's no big deal. Like that, 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 that just really catapults. Obviously, there's so much more that goes into the team that makes oh, it absolutely, absolutely good. But that just, that's just the, like, the the icing on the cake right there. You know, it really is.
0: For Robbie, you know, in con- contrast, you know, Bob Cramitola, who's who's leading the main event.
3: Mm-hmm. He,
0: we had him on the podcast, and he went through some of his pickups that he got early and this is part of the reason he has zero fab left for people that didn't listen to that pod. Uh, He had $3 at the time. Now he has zero, but he got Kyle Wright and a whole bunch of other guys very early. He was, he, his percentage was even better than the average and uh, he was very comfortable with that approach. And um, you know, if you're going to get that kind of percentage, I can see you want the guys for more months. I'm just not that confident that I'm going to hit that percentage all the time.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the tough part. And in a dream season like this, where he might win the overall, like that's when everything's cooking. I'm sure, you know, he's a great player Bob is, but his normal percentage is probably not as high as it's been this year, but that's how you end up in the top, uh, in the top spot right now with a chance to win it all is that all of your moves end up clicking. Well,
0: he's got a good team, but I mean, I would have kept personally, even in his situation from a few weeks ago, I would have kept another couple of bucks Me too. for the end, just because if you can have an injury, you can pick up a pitcher. I mean, that last um that last three days, Paul, when there's um you might have some good pitchers that are just not pitching the yeah. last three days.
2: You have to be able to replace them. So I think
0: you might want to try. I mean, you can't there's not gonna to be tons of guys to pick up, but um,
2: the case from some relievers, what if you, you know, yeah. that's going to be with such being an a half interesting thing. I can't wait for that. It week. really is. Yeah, because with it being a half week, you know, some reliever win is going to move. A exactly. League, right. Exactly. It's absolutely going to be like, I picked up freaking
0: Domingo Albert, Acevedo. Albert Abreu. Yeah. I picked up yeah. an Albert
2: Abreu for strikeouts and he got two wins for the Yankees. <laughs> when he came in in the seventh. And, you know, it's going to be some crap like that. And I, I was like, crap to denigrate it. It's going to be stuff like that. And I yeah. love that.
1: The Which is interesting because like a guy year. like Hunter Brown, who like maybe was like, oh, we know he's not going to pitch. He's not going to start because Verland's coming back. But that look into that week for a guy like him, like a stash or maybe Could even a DL Hall, right? He's not starting. Yes. But is this the guy that you just pick up? He's going to rack up cage if he comes out. I think he can yeah. get high leverage inning. Maybe sneaks in a save if Batista isn't available. I don't know. It's just there's going to be. And I think because that, they, like, you know, they're that time gonna, to... they're
0: not going to save Hunter Brown for the first game of the playoffs. No, right. Don't let right. him pitch.
1: And he right. could,
0: now the great
2: outing yesterday might make his price too high, but he right. hadn't pitched to that point. So people were probably like, what's going on with this Hunter Brown guy. But now you th- you see him as one of those guys who could be that middle reliever right. there in the final, that last half week is going to be nuts. And the fan yeah, for it is going to be insane because nobody has any money.
1: Yeah, I, I think- know. So that last oh, buck that I- Bob spent this week was on on the aforementioned Jimmy Hershett. So oh, it's a uh, it's a good, dollar, a good final buck. It's a it's a great final buck, but right now, it's I mean, I wouldn't be comfortable with no money left with that I'd main be mistake. Terrifying. because, um, you know, obviously Bob's a great player, but like just Scott Scott Jenstad breathing down your neck, Steve Weimer, and you know Ben that we had on too is like I would just feel. I wouldn't feel. I wouldn't sleep at night with no dollars. I. know God bless him that he is. You know that he's going to be able to sleep, but I would be. Right, right. right. It's oh, just so, so scary tough.
2: because any, especially for the main, right? His his league might be locked up to where he's thinking, okay, I can afford an injury; it won't necessarily kill me. I don't know what kind of lead he has in the league, but obviously the main is is what Bob's focused on all the way here. In fact, that that fourth place Steve Weimer's also in his league, so they have one and four in the same league. It's hard to believe. Uh, that's pretty insane. They He's, also have one, two, three, four, five, six teams that are 500 or below yes. as well in the in the main. So Steve it's really is five weird points spot. behind
1: him. Steve is so five. Yeah.
2: So isn't you that crazy? Have to worry about Steve. He does. Both he in, still in has his to. league.
0: Yes. And
2: in the main. Yes. Listen, it, he, it, he he it bought the guys exciting. that he bought, but that's scary. I, I wish him the best though. Bob's a great guy, but I've gotten to know him about more this year through uh, his Twitter personality and hearing him on the pods, and I really like Bob, so I'm yeah. wishing him luck.
1: Well. Yep. It's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be like, there should be a documentary. There should be like, he should be filming himself <laughs> right now with these last, like last week. Cause like, you know, that's really tough to, you know, have to worry about both. Cause normally you don't have to worry about both. Normally you could just, no. you know, think about the overall. And not that five points is easy at this time of year. Yeah. Um, But you know, Steve's also playing for that overall too. For the so overall, it's, it's, that's It's so crazy, it's so crazy oh man. It's so, This has uh, really been a, like, an, I've been following mm. this all, all season long too because I talked to Steve a lot. So I I know that, and he's been gunning for that. You know, he knows like yeah, uh sure. it'll be a great, you know, a great you thing if he's not love. thinking about the league and he's so concerned about the overall, maybe he could sneak in a, the league win too. And it was funny because I actually asked, um, I DM Derek, you know, has anyone won the overall? You know, in any of the formats, but not won their leagues. You know, because I just oh, yeah. think that's that's you know that's so that's such a fascinating thing. Like if you, it um, really is. Right? You could do it. You could do it. Yeah.
0: I mean, but has so it happened. There's such a big difference between first and second overall in terms of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, that's you know, the thing
1: too, right? Absolutely, definitely. It'd be yeah. devastating
2: to lose the main on the last day. I know. It'd be I know. Absolutely devastating. Oh,
0: yeah. oh, god. Uh, I wish, I wish everybody well. I mean, there's a lot of great players on this top 20 leaderboard, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it just, uh, it's just fun for me to follow uh, through this article and all the leagues, you know. Um, and, and if you drop down, if people want to take a look, I'm not going to go through it, obviously, but I list the top three in every league. And uh, these leagues, are not easy to win as Paul was attesting, Mm -hmm. you know, it's uh, just to win one main event league is uh, an accomplishment. So um, anyway, we'll see. I'll follow it for the rest of the season. And hopefully, um, you know, it'll be one on, on some good plays, not, you know yeah i don't want somebody to
2: lose it i want somebody to win it you know where somebody's performances whether it's bob holding on with a few of his guys popping off or scott having a huge right i want i want big performances to carry it more than i want to see somebody that's
0: not six earned runs in one yeah
2: from a stud too like i don't want somebody's corbin burns i know he just had a five earn run out i don't want him to have another dud or something like that i hope the stars are stars and we just get a great finish here because i've been watching it too every day i check in on the overall maybe patrick
1: corbin comes in as a stream and just wins the league for somebody that would be amazing <laughs> that would be that would be story worthy but um absolutely uh paul before we end this um, I've been asking Todd a bunch of would you rathers the whole year out of my pod okay. deck right here. And the best one that I've got a response from is the one I'm gonna read for you. So okay. would you rather spend the night in a dumpster or a porta potty? Oh God. <laughs> I think in a
2: dumpster. Um, because while there could be poop in there, there's definitely gonna be something. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> So I'm gonna go with the dumpster.
0: That's my. That was my answer too.
2: <laughs> we uh, might find something squishy in there to sleep on, you know. If yeah, I, yeah. You might even find a little bit of food, you know. So <laughs> there could be some better things in the dumpster. You're not finding anything useful in the porta potty. No, 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 no.
1: no. no. no unless you're comfortable falling asleep on the bowl, it's just that yeah. uh, That's they're tough. standing straight up. Like, I don't I think I, I'm I don't falling know. asleep either way, regardless. No, but, uh, no shot. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Paul, sure been all right, Paul. Great. Why don't you ta- I mean, I'm sure everyone knows who you are, but why don't you let everyone know where to find you, what you're up to, and uh, what you sure. do daily on a content level? Find me on Twitch uh, or
2: Twitter at Spore, S P O R E R. Also on Twitch, slash Spore, where I stream video games, MLB, the show, and out of the park baseball. I've been writing a daily starting pitcher column over at uh, Fangraphs right now, where I just take the board and put, I have columns for 10, 12 and 15 plus teams. I just put a little X if I'm starting them, I give their last five stats, their opponents WOBA over the last 30 days, And then a little note about them, just a little helper there down the stretch because these days are obviously so intense, uh, making the start, sit decisions. I just give my best thought on all of them. I did recommend Taiwan Walker at Pittsburgh and he's getting blown up, unfortunately, but Hey, can't all be winners. And then on Twitch, I've been playing a lot of out of the park baseball and doing a bunch of fun simulations. It's a, it's a simulator. If, for those that don't know, it's, it's basically, um, computerized stratomatic. That's the easiest way to describe it that you will totally understand Rob. Yep. And, um, so I've been doing a bunch of different things. I you can pick up on a live day. So I picked up on August 31st and I tried to get the Orioles to the playoffs. I restarted yes. the 2022 2022- season I tried to fire Tony La Russa and get the White Sox to the playoffs <laughs> so I'm doing a bunch of fun things with out of the park baseball and oh, I won't spoil how those went you can check them out on my YouTube channel
1: that's cool that you could pick it up from any point of the season yeah, like that you and, could pick and...
2: any day during the season or at the very beginning of the season so I also did one where I started at the deadline um, I did one with the Angels where I started the day before the 14 game losing streak and tried to give them a different fate than that because I mean that killed their season they right. were having a brilliant season they were that. but yeah I can't recommend out of the park enough to you, Robin, if you do want it, hit me in the DMS and I got, you, you. know
1: what? I think, I think I'm going to get some more information about I you on will, that because I, gladly give uh, you that yeah, info. I looked into it, I think um, in the COVID year, maybe where yes. I had some idle time and I was like, maybe I should get into this. And because so you know, I know, I, and, and, and it's a full organizational thing too, right? It's like a full top to bottom. You can go as deep or as shallow as you, as want. you like, oh, you can go great. all
2: the way down to where you're managing the, in, the, complex or the the uh yeah the international complex league like oh, you'll have great. 50 players there if you want wow. and you can delegate things to the computer coaches if you want to keep it light or you can go all the way in and you on, can set the ticket day. price like yeah. you can
1: do everything oh, It's wow a brilliant game that's out of the cool. park baseball cool. i think i'm gonna get involved with that it Sounds It like a lot of fun yeah
2: anybody hit me up on twitter if you're interested i got plenty of info and i'll help you out
1: yeah. it's so funny because um i know when twitch first started getting big right um, a couple of my friends and my family members were like, "I don't get this. People, people watch people play games." And I'm like, "Let yeah. me ask you a question, right? When I grew up, right, we were packed in either my house or my friend's house, watching each other play Madden, play video. watching They're each other play NHL '94, yes. waiting, yes. having live tournaments at night, mm-hmm. right." So it's basically the same thing. Like, but exactly. now it's just, you could broadcast it. So to, to, I mean, sure. because you're like, I don't get the attraction. I'm like, I do. I'm like, because I grew up doing this. Like we, exactly. we waited in troves to play, you know, like even at a party, to, you know, you go to a party, everyone's doing their thing, drinking or whatever. And of course you got the video game on in one corner and people Always. are lining up. You put your name on the list. You make a little bracket style. And, and at you're the watching end of the night, everyone. people are just watching. Yeah. You're like, yep. oh, because then now you're picking up on your other, you're like. What am I going to have to do to beat this guy? If it's basketball, mm-hmm. if it's hockey, or if it's football, or baseball, whatever. So, or or
2: a fighter, like street fighter, or, or fighter, like, like yes, yeah, there's yes, like boxing, so many fight games night. like that. Yeah, yeah, yes. You you nailed it. You got it right hundred percent, and that's exactly the value of it. And there's also the fact that like people say, oh, you watch other people play games. I'm like, what do you think we're doing when we watch sports? We're watching other people play games. <laughs> well, now yeah, it's not true. exactly the same. It's obviously right. they're more highly skilled and it's a different level. But it's entertainment, and yes. I'm glad that streaming. That's the one silver lining of the pandemic obviously there was a lot of terrible that happened but streaming get, getting more mainstream and people understanding it and understanding the value of it was huge i've been yep. streaming my drafts i stream my main event this year my yep. my online one i stream a lot of drafts and those are very popular i've been having a lot of fun with the with the yeah. audience during those too so yeah. it's point. great i love twitch
1: awesome sweet man paul thank you for your time well, and you're you, super paul, busy are you doing all these on. things but this has been great man you got a great you have a great baseball mind like you said like the, the way you get involved on Twitter with conversations, I, I I think it's great. You really embrace it and you have I fun with it that. and you bring it and you bring the knowledge. You bring so much value to because there's, there's times where I'm like, oh, shit, is that right? And I'll go look it up, you know, because uh, <laughs> I think you come with good stuff that like like kind of I'm never really thinking about. And I like that because that brings value to my overall knowledge of baseball you know because i think thank if you're you. always listening to the people that you agree with or that you know that you're not gonna learn you you're know? not and expanding about, anything yeah right exactly yeah. they're just I'm repeating what, what you yeah. like yeah. yep but hey so. guys
2: thank you all so much for having me on todd i've been loving the article every week rob the thank pod you. the pod's been great i've been listening to you guys i've been listening to you rob since you've been doing it solo a couple years ago so thank you guys so much for having me on can't go wait ahead. to link up either of you are gonna have a chance to go out to the arizona fall league with the baseball HQ. I cannot.
1: No. I'm not going to be. Evil. We got to get uh, y'all on that soon. Um, I'm going to be in Vegas uh, most likely well, this year. As long as you'll be in Vegas, that yep, will yes. link up there. But yeah, yep. it's, it's uh,
2: first weekend of November usually. So maybe start planning for next year. It's okay. amazing. It's that last yeah. fill of baseball. We get to go to the fall league. We get to watch a bunch of prospects, and it's a bunch of fantasy nerds. So it's yeah. just like Vegas, where everyone you're talking with is on your same on level. Same level,
3: of, right? Of
1: yeah. Baseball nerd. That's
2: great. Awesome. Thank you all so much for having me on, guys. It was thank great talking Paul. with both of you.
1: Amen. Thank, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Have Todd. A nice evening. See you, you next week, pal. All right. All righty, folks. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Paul Hitter podcast. Thanks for everyone who reached out and get some dialogue in, um, talk about this. Awesome hobby that we like And just baseball in general And for anyone who's Gave a rating and review You guys are the best Truly appreciate that And uh, this is it The final month of baseball It's sad Very sad Love baseball So when it's not around You know We get into off-season drafts And off-season prep Which is also fun Kind of looking back at What you did right What you did wrong What you want to do next year This is where we start to form you know, the foundation for how to win and what we want to do next year, which is also a lot of fun. But watching baseball and then we still got some postseason two, which is another month of that, which is great. Um, but it's the final stretch for your fantasy league, so make sure you're doing what you have to do to secure league wins. Um, put in that extra five minutes, ten minutes, whatever you feel necessary, um, read as many articles as you can, listen to podcasts, wherever you feel like you can get an edge and you know you got to do it. Time is now. It's now or never. So, don't be a bag of shit and go win your leagues. Or, if you can't win the league, improve. If you want to go from 8th to 3rd in Roto, great. If you want to spoil a... Someone getting into the playoffs and head-to-head, do that. You know? Put your best foot forward. Don't quit on your team. Don't quit on your league mates. Play through the season end. Because it matters. Alright. Be good. Don't be a bag of shit. Peace.